Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want here toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Take control of the airwaves, as we like to say here. Joining you on or in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. We're going to have a special guest to start things out here tonight. I saw the news yesterday that he was going to trial. And then last night, saw the news that he won. Carlos Miller is with us from photographyisnotacrime.com. Recently uh, revamped and relaunched uh, his blog after leaving the other website that he was with. Now doing his own thing, photographyisnotacrime.com. Carlos, uh, it's great to have you back on Free Talk Live. Good evening. Good evening, and thanks for having me back on. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, so now let's bring our listeners up to speed with what this trial was about. I know it might have been the last time you were on the show. You did tell us about this. It was the time when you were down at Occupy Miami uh, covering it because you are a photojournalist by trade. And there was uh, one particular cop that didn't want to let you walk down a street, right? Yes, and ironically enough, she was the public information officer, meaning she was the spokesman, the reporter. I mean, she was the cop who talks to reporters, who right. gives information to reporters. And normally, these are the cops who don't have you arrested. They're the ones who supposedly protect you from getting arrested. Now, uh, now there was some speculation, and I'm not sure whether it was speculation from you or just something I heard on the interwebs or something like that, that somehow she expected you and that she was there for you in particular. Well, she did receive an email from the Department's Homeland Security Division um, basically warning her that I would be there, warning her and other commanding officers saying that Carlos Miller, a Miami multimedia journalist, will be documenting the eviction tonight. And they made it clear that I've been arrested twice before for taking pictures and, and documenting police activities, so, which is really not the, the most normal thing. You know, there's going to be a lot of reporters there, so you don't have this Homeland Security detective sending out emails about every reporter. Right. But you're, but yeah, you're different from the average reporter because you're willing to stand up for your rights, which apparently was an issue at the trial. You'll, I'm sure you'll tell us more about what the prosecutor had to say about a, a real reporter here in moments. But weren't you attempting a real to... reporter, meaning um, someone who's mainstream media? Yeah, somebody, or... well, no, okay, somebody so, who's obedient. We'll, so you're we'll saying ton in chic? We'll, no, we'll get to that here in a moment. But uh, Carlos, so you were basically walking away from the Occupy at the point you were arrested. Is that correct? Well, what happened was the whole operation, the whole eviction had ended. It was done. All the activists had been dispersed, and these cops were all in their riot gear, and they just gave the command, like, hey, break the line down. So they were walking back to their stations or wherever they were coming from, and it was done. The whole eviction was done. There was no more activists. There was, like, more than 100 cops there, and not a single cop really had an issue with me. They all, they basically, there was a lot of other journalists there, and they said, well, okay, the activists are gone. The journalists are here. We don't care. We're done. And and I was walking back to my car because it was already getting late. I wanted to start editing the video. And I happened to run into this officer who happened to be the public information officer. And she grabbed me and had me arrested. Now, what was it for? I was charged with resisting police without violence, <laughs> which, which means that it could mean resisting arrest. But I was not resisting arrest because the video shows I was not. So they were claiming that I had refused the dispersal order that they had given earlier to all the activists, and which is why I was arrested. But, mm. but you know, I was there as a journalist, and this is what I've done for years, and this is what I've gone to school for. This, I mean, I mean, I was being paid to be there, and it really doesn't matter anymore because you know that doesn't define a journalist. But they were claiming I was there as an activist, and I had no right to be there. 
and in the in trial, they were claiming the reason I'm not a journalist was because I was not behind police lines. I was in front of police lines, which, you know, as a videographer, I don't want to get the backside of cops. I want to get the front side of cops. You sure. know, that's the angle I was taking. And, you know, they said, well, you should have been more obedient and you should have been behind police lines for your safety. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I take my own chances with my safety. Yeah, I don't know about you, Carlos, but I, when I'm in uh, a crowd of uh, normal people and or activists and a crowd of cops, I know where I feel safest. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, and, and whatever, if, if there's any tension between cops and activists or even between activists and myself or even between cops and myself, well, that's what happens. You deal with it and you go with it. But but I'm not going to be all like scared and and need people to protect me. You know, right. I mean, what my protection is, is my cameras, and that ultimately was protecting me in this trial because it was the footage I recorded when they arrested me, and it's the footage that they deleted, mm. and it's the same footage I recovered. Ah, and nice. they didn't expect that to happen. They expected well, they would delete my footage, and then therefore. The, um, the jury would have to believe their side of the story. Right. right. So and, and this is... you know, they had no idea that I'm a little smarter than they are. Well, I can recover the footage, and I can blow it up all over the Internet, <laughs> and I can raise a lot of hell about this. And by then, they had already gone far enough where they couldn't just quietly drop the case like they would do to somebody else. Uh, yes. They this had to proceed, time and, again. And, and they had to come up with their own kind of flimsy arguments as to why I was guilty which is very laughable, and it's all, I'm going to have the whole trial on my blog eventually because I had to upload a clip by clip, and it's a long trial. And I have two clips up right now from my attorneys, my, op- my, my attorney's opening argument and my other attorney's um, closing argument, which are both very strong. And these two prosecutors were fresh out of law school. They were trying to make a name for themselves, and they did make a name for themselves. And you know, I'm going to be sure to put their names out there, and their videos out there, and their arguments out there, and their definition of what is a real journalist. Yeah, let's talk. Let's themselves. talk about that because uh, it, it really rang similar to what happened with the Demo Freeman up here. As you know, uh, he was put in jail for so-called wiretapping charges for the horrible crime of calling government bureaucrats and recording conversations uh, with them. Uh, during that trial, the prosecutor attempted to make uh, Adamo look like he was, you know, the devil. Like if if you were to vote him to be not guilty, the entire system would come crashing down, and it would all be over if you know this guy was allowed to get away with recording government bureaucrats. And uh, you know, de- I don't think Adamo would meet this uh, definition of a real journalist, according to this prosecutor. What what was it he said? Oh well, my prosecutor uh, he said. I was not a real journalist, number one, because when they first started to um, to prepare for the eviction, the cops all had, a lot of the cops had tear gas guns, and some of the cops had gas masks in their hands. So it looked like they were going to start using tear gas. So at one point, um, this activist handed me a bandana, and she said, you know, you might want to protect yourself. I've, you know, I've never really been one to hide my face in public. I, I really don't care. I'm very open about who I am. So I put that mask on. You know, not that it would be much protection, but I figured, you know, if it can protect me for a few seconds while I get the video of them shooting the tear gas, you know, I'll do it. You know, I want to get the footage. And so then their cop reporter or their cop videographer, he had his video camera on me, and they were claiming, well, we knew he was trouble because he had that bandana. (laughs) Well, well, that was cool. But, you know, when it became evident that they were not going to use tear gas, I pulled a mask down. I didn't need a mask because it was very hard to breathe in it, and I don't need that mask. And they had a clip for me where I was asking the cop videographer to re- into his camera, why can I be on the sidewalk? Because this is at the point where they're evicting us from the sidewalk. 
They had already evicted us from the park. We were on the sidewalk, and they were trying to push us onto the street. And when I say us, I mean everybody, journalists and, and activists. And I have a bad experience with being on the street because they, when they arrest you, they claim you're blocking traffic. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to protect myself, and I, I'm, I'm very familiar with the law when it comes to these issues. So I said, well, I'm going to stand on the sidewalk because this is where I feel safer. And they're like, no, get on the street. And I'm like, why can't I be on the sidewalk? I look directly into that cop's camera without my bandana. Why can't I be on the sidewalk? So he testifies, oh, well, Carlos Miller was very antagonistic. Why? Because I was, and I even called him, sir. I mean, sir, why can I be on, on the sidewalk? Right. Well, that's what, the, so their definition of a journalist is one who does not question authority. Yep. One, you know, when they push you off the sidewalk, you say, yes, sir, and you get off that sidewalk, rather than go, right. why should I get off the sidewalk? And Otherwise, you're antagonistic. I mean, isn't right. a journalist supposed to ask questions? I mean, really? Well, yes, a journalist is supposed to ask questions. You know, unfortunately, you know, what happens is when you work for the mainstream media, and I've worked for the mainstream media for a long time, and I covered police for a long time, and I didn't really fit in in the mainstream media, which is why I'm independent now. It's because you're supposed to keep good relations with the cops, because you talk to the cops on a daily basis. You don't want to burn your sources. You don't want to piss them off too much, because then they won't give you the information you want like a, in a day or two or for now. You know, but the crazy thing off. is if you had been in the street and you're not a wheeled vehicle, then you're, you can get in trouble for that because pedestrians are supposed to be on the sidewalk. Well, hang on, Carlos. Right. You can stick with us and continue to tell the story, right? Yes. More with Carlos Miller in moments from photographyisnotacrime.com. We'll continue. Of course, if you've got a question for him, uh, he's here. 855-450-FREE. That's toll free. 1-855-450-3733. Free talk live. A technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Take control of these airwaves. Dial in toll-free, though if you call now, your calls will be given preference if you have a question for Carlos Miller, who is joining us here from photographyisnotacrime.com, where you can go right now if you'd like to read his summary, which I'm sure he's going to be telling us more about here, of what happened, plus play a couple of videos from the trial today, which he was, or excuse me, the trial was yesterday, I believe, uh, where he was found not guilty by a jury of... Basically a resisting arrest charge, but more of like a uh, resisting without violence or resisting the, a police order. Um, because it's always it's always amazed me that somebody can be arrested for resisting arrest when they there was no other reason to arrest the person in the first place. So this is more sounds more like a general kind of just resisting what we tell you to do uh, charge. You're not being obedient enough charge. And in fact, during the trial, they accused him of not being a real journalist because real journalists are obedient to the state. They do what they're told. And they don't talk back. We'll continue with that here in a moment, but also want to invite you to go to freestateproject.org. Because if you're fed up with the continued increasing police state and the oppression of everybody, not just photographers, but the oppression of everybody's rights, then you want to do something about it, you should make the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. If you love liberty, go to freestateproject.org. That's what the three of us here did in the studio tonight. Uh, Once again, freestateproject.org. There's a great document there called the... 
101 Reasons to Move to New Hampshire. It's very persuasive. There are over 13,000 people now who have pledged to make the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Over 1,100 are already here as part of the Free State Project, and we're making inroads. We're making headway. Uh, Free State Project participants are getting elected as both Republicans and Democrats, and it's going pretty well. In fact, Carlos was here uh, earlier this year for the Liberty Forum, which is going to be coming up again, by the way. Uh, Liberty Forum, I just handed the dates to you, Mark. I should have kept them. But the Liberty Forum is going to be in late February this year, and the dates are over at freestateproject.org. I believe this year's dates we're looking at uh, – I don't know. I guess I didn't write them down. Anyway, go to freestateproject.org, and you can find out more about that. But Carlos, uh, you're back. That's where I met Carlos, actually. That's right. Yeah, yep. we, we got to meet him. He came out to Keene, hung out with us for a bit, uh, watched some of us get arrested here. And Carlos, you're back on Free Talk Live. You were telling us about this prosecutor, this uh, new blood prosecutor, fresh out of college – uh, fresh out of law school, wanted to make uh, an impression, and he made the wrong kind of impression, apparently, because the jury found in your favor. Yes, well, well he, you know, he, he I, here's the deal, like, they would have dropped this if they had, if they thought I was not going to pursue this in a civil suit, which I am, and I've made, I've been very clear about that from the very beginning, because what they did was they deleted my footage. They not only unlawfully arrested me, they deleted my footage, and that's a big trend that's happening all over the country where yes, cops delete people's footage and it has to stop. So I started making a big deal about it after I recovered the footage. And they're like, okay, well, this guy, because normally the people get arrested and they, they spend their time in jail. And then, you know, and they might get their charges dropped, but they, you can't make up for that time. But, yeah, you know, but is that where, talking about it and writing about it. Is that where something and, like Quick helps? That's QIK.com. It's a, uh, it's a. Well, well, yes. If you have, if you're recording on a cell phone, you know, that works. And there's a bunch of other apps out there. There's yep, one user. I use called Tappin TV. But, but the problem I have with that, you know, number one, I have a high quality camera that I prefer to use because it's just higher quality video. Right. And number two, I don't want to take a chance when these cops try to confiscate your phone or your camera, then they take your phone and you don't get it back. Then you lose not only your camera, but you lose your phone. And, and, you know, right now, for many of us, that's our, our whole life right there is our phone. But, but I, I prefer to use high-quality cameras, really. Mm-hmm. And right now, it, the technology hasn't really caught up where it, it's very easy to just um, live stream from a camera unless you hook it up with a laptop yeah. and all these kind of eye-wired connections and I, whatever it's called. I'm not even sure about it. And this situation and this the, the the eliminating of footage happens all the time. I mean, it's not even news. Uh, you've got to really be plugged in to, to just hear these stories. And there are you know, dozens and dozens of times I've heard stories of police deleting uh, footage. And, you know, all I can it, it makes me not trust the police if they had a narrative planned and then they found out that you recovered your uh, footage and had to change the narrative as a result what that says to me is is that the police in this case and i wonder why the rest of them are deleting footage otherwise the police in this case are a bunch of big fat liars so and they're and in a lot of cases Mark. and there's you know, supposedly there's all these knights in shining armor out there in the police department that are going to stand up and they're not going to let this kind of thing happen. And, uh, you know, clearly it didn't happen in the with the Miami-Dade Police Department. You know, there's quite a few officers were involved in this and none of them stood up. I mean, none of the prosecuting attorneys brought charges against these police for preparing to tell a lie in court. You know, that kind they're of thing. They're expected to lie in court. 
It's what the cops do. Well, I, I don't know. You know, sir, I don't. I don't know. I, I can only assume. I've seen that it happen time truth. and time heard, again. I've heard police tell lies too. I've heard people yep. who are not uh, civilians tell lies. I know people tell lies. But what concerns me is is this uh, deleting of footage. If this happens in any case, and I don't care if this is the murder of a thousand presidents. The charges should be dropped. Police should never. Yeah. Ever in ev- it, it, every extraneous charge that's involved. But usually it works because most people don't know about recovering footage. They don't know that you can, uh, like for instance, if you've got an SD card based or a hard drive based camera, that if you don't record anything else to that card or that hard drive, and then you plug it in and you run an undelete program on it, there's a good chance all your files are still going to be there. Yeah, very true. So tell me more about this prosecutor, uh, Carlos, and, and what it is, because uh, I'm looking here on your blog, photographyisnotacrime.com, in your summary here. He says that a real journalist is supposed to follow police orders without a second thought, and a real journalist would never talk back to police. I mean, how dare you, Carlos, <laughs> standing up for your yeah, rights? Ridiculous. Well, 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 like I say, I'm yeah. eventually going to put up the, his video of, the, of his argument so everyone can see for themselves. And the reason I haven't done it, it just takes so much time. Sure. And I've, my computer has crashed a couple of times today. But, but yeah, basically his closing argument was, you know, at this point, they really had not a whole lot to go on. So that's what they're going to keep saying, that I was, you know, I, I was not being respectful of the police authority. I had questioned their authority. <laughs> you know, I, you know, a lot of stupid things. So, so that's all they had to go on. So he, he, he was telling the jury that I was not a real journalist because I wasn't kissing their ass, basically. Yep. And it just doesn't come natural to me. It's something I won't do. So, but, but you know, I'm, I'm very upfront about where I, where people stand with me. And I, you know, when it comes to cops, they're blocking my shot. And they were there's one incident where they were blocking my shot, and I told them, you know, get the fuck out of my. Oh, shot. we got to drop that, Carlos. We can't have you saying those words. Normally, we'd have to hang up on you if you're a regular caller. Good interview. But, uh, we, oh, sorry about we that. Had, okay. We had to hit the dump button on that one. Uh, no f bombs, please. So we are on the ra- the radio. So what you were okay, saying well, was you, you know, said you get, get the, the f out of my shot. Yeah, okay. And and then they turned around and said, well, that shows he was not a real journalist. But a real journalist would actually stand up for the right to shoot, um, to record someone getting arrested. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, the Constitution... Oh, you don't want me to record that? Okay, I'll turn around and pretend (laughs) I didn't see what happened. Right, the Constitution... Those are the journalists they want. A real journalist will say, you know, get out of my way. I want to record this. This is the truth. And and if you don't get out of my way, I'm going to raise some hell about it. I am going to tell you to get out of my way. I'm not afraid of your badge. I'm not afraid of your authority. I know my rights. And that's the problem with too many journalists these days is they don't want to question the cops because they don't want to look bad. They don't want to come across like unprofessional or combative. You know, but what happens is the truth gets lost along the way. Carlos, can you hang with us for another segment? Yes. All right, more with Carlos Miller. He is from Photography is Not a Crime. Mark, you're trying to sneak in there with The Constitution comment? protects the right to the freedom of press for a reason. Clearly it doesn't. I mean, I've seen them ignore it time and time again. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here at 855-450-FREE, though. Questions for Carlos Miller come first because he is with us, uh, the heroic photojournalist, independent photojournalist who has been arrested his share of uh, times by the police for doing his job and recording various different things that are happening on the streets of Miami. Right, and if you go to his website right there on uh, the front, he's got these... This collage of photos and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> his website is photographyisnotacrime.com. Yeah. And there's a man that I would argue is, although he's not a photographer, he's being photographed. I think he's committing a crime there with that body. Have you seen that? It was a naked man. I'm not looking at that uh, that page right now. Wait, where's the naked guy on Carlos Miller's website? It's on his homepage there. At photographyisnotacrime.com? Yes. Okay. Maybe it's down a ways. I haven't seen it yet. Naked people are compelling photojournalism. There's no doubt. <laughs> yeah. uh, so let's go back to Carlos Miller. He's with us. Uh, again, photographyisnotacrime.com. Found not guilty in a relatively short, uh, as far as the jury deliberating, what was it, 30 minutes, Carlos? Yeah, about 35 minutes. And you were told the, the, in the was it his closing argument where the prosecutor basically said you're a bad journalist because you uh, you're not a real journalist because you disobey the police and talk back. Well, it was throughout the whole trial, but uh, it really, you know, in the closing argument, they really drove that point home. Mm-hmm. That was their the basis of their argument, their their whole the whole argument. You know, it's like he is not a real journalist because he's antagonistic and he has questions and he had a bandana on for a few minutes. And and that's it, you know. Wow! And then there's actually a picture of you, uh, or and not with you, but uh, with like the judge posing for a photograph with one of the bailiffs uh, that I believe that you took. So tell me pre- that. Tell me about that. Yeah. So- yeah. Well, well, Ed Newman, he, you know, down here in Miami, uh, my football is a very, very popular sport, and the Dolphins are the most popular team down here. Even though the Miami Heat is second right now because they won the national championship, but the the Miami Dolphins have long been our favorite team down here. And so Ed Newman used to play for the Miami Dolphins, and Tony Nathan also played for the Miami Dolphins. And this is an awesome Miami story. You walk into a courtroom, and you got two former football celebrities, one guy on the bench, the other guy's a bailiff. And throughout the whole trial, they were very cool. You know, they allowed my friend to video record the trial, which is, of course, protected by law. But they didn't raise any issue about it, you know, because they knew it. It's the good. only person who raised an issue, raised an issue about that, was the prosecutors. Mm-hmm. But but whatever, you know, no one's really listened to them. And we, we were able to really record a trial. They asked us not to record the jury, which was not our intention anyway. I, I didn't want the jury on video anyway. And that was it. So towards the end, you know, when the verdict was read, I was very happy. You know, it was very stressful. You know, even though I pretend. You know, oh, I'm very confident I'm going to win this. You know, when you're there waiting for the jury to come out, you never know what the jury's oh, going to yeah. say. Oh, yeah. You, you know the evidence is on your side. You know the law is on your side. But then when the jury's in there talking, especially after hearing all these stupid arguments about real journalists and fake journalists, you know, you never know. You never know what they're going to say. And I've already been through an experience where the jury ruled against me. And even though I was convicted, I won that in appeal. Mm. You know, I was already thinking. I was sitting there waiting, okay, I'm going to appeal this. If it comes back as a conviction, I'm already thinking the appeal in my head because I would do it again. Yeah, I've so not when, had good experience uh, watching juries, uh, you know, in activist trials where it's the same situation. I mean, it's a clear oppression of basic human rights, 
and the jury comes back with a guilty like they did with uh, with our friend Adamo from copblock.org or in another you know in in other cases juries have come back with guilty for other peaceful activists that have not done anything wrong there was uh, Benjamin Bartholomew out in California he and his brother were holding a sign up on the side of the road that said taxes equals theft and the cops stopped them and demanded identification which of course they're on they're on foot they're not uh, obligated to have any kind of identification on them they're not driving the sidewalk uh, and so it didn't matter though to the jury even though the law was crystal clear that there was no obligation for these guys to provide identification, the jury found them guilty anyway. And then in in post uh, it, you know post trial statements with the media, the jurors made statements like, "Well, we know it wasn't illegal, but they should have done what the cops said." Right? Oh, right. isn't that just so it, nauseating? It's sick. Right, and, and that's the problem with juries. You know, so so at least with an appeal, you know, when I appealed my last conviction. You know, it went to a panel of three judges, and they can basically monitor each other, make us you know, and display no favoritism. Because I had a I had a judge at that time who was very biased against me. He was a former cop attorney, Jose Fernandez. He was very he just did not like me at all, and he in fact gave me a harsher sentence than what the prosecutors were asking. And the prosecutor was he didn't like me that much either. But he was actually at least trying to be reasonable with the sentence giving me three months probation. This guy turned around and gave me a year probation and anger management and, and all kinds of things. <laughs> and, and, but that was the basis of my appeal, that this guy was biased, and he allowed my blog in as evidence, even though I did not start the blog until after my arrest. Now, this judge, on the other hand, he said, no, we're not going to allow the blog in. And any time the prosecutor tried to mention any of my blog posts, because he had printed out a stack load of my blog posts, and to try to paint the jury, like, yeah, look at him. He's making fun of us on the Internet. You know, so he's a bad guy. He's not a real journalist. They didn't accept that at all. That was, not, that was irrelevant. So this judge was, was very by the book, you know. And, and, and you know, afterwards, I asked him, you know, can, we take a, can I get a picture? Because you guys are obviously very famous former football players. And he did it. You know, he smiled. And, and they both smiled. They were very cool. And they took the photos. And... And it was, I, th- I thought it was very – I love to put that in my article because it shows just how the trial went. It was all in my favor. And, and when the judge and the bailiff, they posed for a photo, that's, that's cool. awesome. That shows the whole point that photography is not a crime. Yeah, that was really cool. Now, so what's next? I mean, there's going to be, a, I, br- I believe, a civil suit? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're already proceeding with that. Mm-hmm. And that's – you know, we were going forward with that. And that's been the plan all along, except, you know, we haven't done anything because I needed to get past this first right. step. But but now yeah now that's the next step and you know so stay tuned for that. Is this all and cleared the, up so, now? Do you have any other charges pending or court trials ahead besides the civil case that you're going to be filing? No, no, I'm done. You know, it's a nice feeling. right now what I have is my lawsuit pending with the Metro Rail, which if you remember two years ago I was permanently banned from the Metro Rail because I took <laughs> video of the Metro Rail. Sounds like and, me, Carlos. I'm permanently back. banned from the courthouse too. Right, but except that, yeah, well, you know, I don't know how, how legal your ban was, but my ban was just some security guard who basically said, you're banned. And I went back a month later with a news crew and went in there to show, like, you know, I don't respect your, your ban because I know you have no legal basis for that. Was that the and one where you went in with the demo from copblock.org? Because I remember no, that, that was video. afterwards. This was before the demo incident. Mm-hmm. And I went in there with the, a news crew from HDNet TV, and then I got assaulted on their video camera, and they took my camera, and they kicked me out, and they punched me, and then I ended up punching him back. So, so that got kind of ugly, but, but they hit me first. And the cops came, and Homeland Security from Miami Dade PD, who did become very familiar with me, mm-hmm. they came, and they tried to tell me, well, you're not allowed to, um, to record the Metro Rail. And we had the copy of the printout 
of the law in our hands saying, yes, we do. This is the law. And they don't want to even look at the law. No, they this have the no interest people in the law. We're talking about. Law enforcement officers have no law, interest in the law. Want, they want to enforce Which their is own interesting. law, not the actual law that's in the books. So this last week we heard a judge say that he's not interested in what is moral, but what only what the law says. And now we've got police that aren't interested in what the law says. Nope. So and then yet people are afraid of anarchy. Well, and then they make up <laughs> and then they make it up too on the spot. They'll just make up laws they're, and they're uh, authority enforcement officers. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So Carlos, well, I'm well, glad. You know, go ahead. Like you have a lot of cops. I mean, like a lot of most citizens, they're not obsessed like we are about the laws. And, you know, you have a guy who's walking down the street, he has a cell phone, and he sees a cop making an arrest. He pulls out his cell phone, he starts recording, the cop turns around and says, hey, if you, if you continue recording, I'm going to confiscate your camera as evidence. Well, you know, to the guy who doesn't pay attention, the guy who doesn't read my blog, the guy who's just really not obsessed like we are, well, he will believe that. Yep. He said, well, okay, maybe it makes some kind of sense. So he stops recording and he moves on. But the truth is, the police have no legal right to confiscate your phone. They have no right to even threaten to confiscate your phone. And if they really want your phone that bad, they have to go through a judge and get a subpoena. Now, Carlos, and, and that's the whole point. That's the one thing I try to tell people. But most so people if, they get, know, the, if and, they get a subpoena then uh, to, to get your phone, is that okay then to you, Carlos? Well, yeah, but by then you have downloaded your footage. And, it, you know, you want to look, the whole point is, yeah, but, you know, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to argue that there's a principle there, why would it be, why would it be okay if the uh, court gets a subpoena? Well, well, here's the thing. I, like, if, if I'm recording something that's like newsworthy, by the time they get a subpoena and get the footage, it's already going to be up on YouTube. So they can just get it from YouTube. Well, they it's not okay for the them to take your phone under any circumstance. Right. Uh, right. The piece of paper doesn't make it okay, but, but it does the, the, make it legal. Hey, Carlos, one more segment. You got one more? Phone, they, they don't allow anyone else to see what you shot. Hold that thought, Carlos. 855-450-FREE. Hopefully we'll return with him. And if you've got any questions for him, get on the lines now. It's Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest liberty forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here at 855-450-FREE. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-855-450-3733. Mark, tell me about SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. If you've got a business and you're sick and tired of the arduous and vexing task of uh, handling accounts receivable, turn it over to SACL CAI. You can see there... Banner at freetalklive.com. It's uh, the top one on the right-hand side of the page. They've been our sponsors for a very long time. SACL, C-A-I. Carlos Miller is with us uh, from photographyisnotacrime.com. You can head over there and see some clips from his trial, which was ultimately a success. In front of a jury, came back with a not guilty verdict in about 35 minutes. And the issue was Carlos was leaving uh, the area of the Occupy Miami uh, when they were getting them out of the park at, the, uh, at that time, I believe it was, uh, or wherever it was they were gathered. He was walking away from that event and the... Disperse order had been issued? Yeah, this was uh, after that. I mean, he was there to cover it as a uh, photojournalist, which is his trade. And one of the officers from the Miami Police Department, who happened to be the public information officer, 
stopped him from walking down a sidewalk, uh, and he was going back to <laughs> his car. To walk in the middle of the road, and uh, and then proceeded to arrest him because he, you know, wasn't an obedient real journalist. Because real journalists do what they're told. Whenever the cops tell them to do something, they do it, and they do it without question. And uh, your your attorneys, Carlos, had their own definition of what a real journalist was, though. Well, you know, we had, I'm very proud to say, I had a super team of attorneys. You know, my two attorneys, compared to their little frat boy attorneys who just got out of college, I mean, they, those attorneys, those prosecutors were way over their heads. And that's going to be evident. When I put their, um, their arguments up, you're going to see that they, they almost put the jury to sleep. We're just fortunate. But, we, yeah, we walked all over them, and my attorneys are very passionate, and it shows. And you can just see their clips are on my site right now, the first, their opening argument and the closing argument. And I'm very proud of them. I mean, these guys, I mean, you know, they, especially Arnold Trevia, he stuck with me from the very beginning. He's been my attorney from the very beginning when all the other attorneys had wanted nothing to do with me because mm. I didn't have a popular blog at the time. And they said, well, you're not going to beat five cops. I said, yes, I will. And this guy believed in me, and we went in there, and Good. you know, and, and we did our thing. I was convicted of one. I, they dropped eight charges, and convicted me of one. But but then I won that in appeal. It's hard so to find I, attorneys as an activist. It's hard to find attorneys who will uh, you know step up and and take a case. I don't know why that is. I, you know, I don't know if it's because they don't want to uh, take on the state or why so many of them are uninterested in this. But there are so many different examples of activists having their rights absolutely trampled by the police, and attorneys just don't seem to really be interested. So good for you for finding a good one. Yeah, thank you. Now, Carlos, I know you're going to take this, now that you've gotten your not guilty uh, verdict, which, of course, you know you should have gotten in the first place, um, you're going to take this into a civil suit and try to get some kind of uh, justice um, out of the Miami-Dade Police Department. What's that going to look like? When's, how long is it going to take? What are you expecting to, uh, to get? How much of that's going to go to lawyer fees? Well, well, here's the thing. You, you know, when it comes to these civil suits, you know, I personally, I'm not going to do this for the money because yeah. because it's going to be hard. So I'm not even going to put a financial figure on it because if you look at it from a legal perspective, there has to be damages for there to be a monetary sum. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no physical damages. Fortunately, they did not beat me up. They did not destroy my cameras. They, you know, they deleted the footage. So we're going to go after them with a one, a 1983, which is a civil suit that my rights were violated, mm-hmm. and it's hard to put a monetary figure on that. So I'm basically. What about I'm your time, though, and energy that could have otherwise been spent, uh, you know, uh, doing something productive? Yeah, I mean, you and- must have. Been, you were in their clutches for a certain amount of time while they arrested and processed you, right? I mean, how many hours yeah, well, did you spend the night in jail and 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 you know and all this time in pursuing this and yeah. and, and raising money and everything. But, That's but, you know, something. it's going to be up to the jury to determine how much money is is will be given, because obviously it would be great to get a settlement. But I'm not going to even think about that. Right. My goal is to set a precedent when it comes to cops deleting footage. Because right now, as we mentioned earlier, too many cops go around, they delete footage, and they get away with it. And so they, they have no fear, even though it's a felony, even though the law says you're not allowed to destroy footage sure. or evidence. You know, well, it's, they don't it's care. With evidence. I mean, they... And so... So that's what I'm going. That's what I want. I want that's that how stuff. I am, I Carlos. I, you know, I'm not in it for the money either. I, I would just as be happy to see the attorney make all the money because you know they're doing a lot of the hard work in a lot of cases if it's on contingency up front. Uh, so that's usually how I feel about it. And hopefully uh, we'll have some success. I know that when you were here in uh, New Hampshire after the Liberty Forum, you came out to Keene, and we had a group of activists go to the courthouse there where I, myself and two other activists were arrested for trespass because we've been banned from the courthouse 
Courthouse property forever for the horrible crime of asking government uh, officials questions and singing songs out in the parking lot. And uh, that case is still pending. This is the one case that I've ever been involved with where I did actually manage to find an attorney who is stepping up and taking the case pro bono. So hopefully we'll be able to overturn that trespass order and, uh, and you know, get, get that case kicked out. And then maybe we'll, we'll have a similar suit here. But, you know, you look at the uh, police do whatever they want. You look at the Glick case out in uh, Boston where Simon Glick was arrested, who happened to be an attorney, which, you know, was good for him because it made it easy for him to take it to court. And he won with a real significant case uh, saying that, you you know, you have the right to record government uh, workers whenever they're in, in the you know, course of their public duties in public. And apparently that didn't matter a bit because when I went into Palmer, Massachusetts town offices, as you reported recently on your blog, I was arrested within two minutes uh, because I had a video camera with me. I mean, I, I even mentioned the Glick decision and these cops didn't care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's what I'm talking about. You can walk in there with a the law in your hand and, and they've already had predetermined the law. And Because, you know, the cop's philosophy is you can beat the rap, but you won't beat the ride. So they don't care. They don't really care if, you, if, they, if the charges are dismissed against you for the most part. They, you know, they, they put you in jail for one day. They prove your, their point. And, yeah. and that for them, it's a little victory. Right. So it, it's like a never-ending battle, you know. And, and you know, like Glick, well, he won $170,000. He got this awesome case law that's in the books. But, you know, it continues. It continues. So it's just a matter of we have to continue to do it, continue doing it. And and maybe one day it'll stop, but it probably won't stop. But at least we will get out there in a the record. At least in a process, we educate people, and we have the power now to put it up on YouTube yep. and on the blog, so we don't have to depend on the mainstream media. Because if you have to depend on the mainstream media, then nothing will get done. Yeah, I don't think it's going to stop anything. completely, Carlos, but I think it does sometimes give the cops something to think about and maybe will back some of them down. There have been instances where I've been threatened with arrest by police officers, pulled over with uh, Nemi, who's our Wednesday night co-host. The cop, uh, I was recording it, of course, from the passenger seat, and the cop threatened me with arrest if I continued recording him. I told him I was not going to do that, and I moved in closer to get a better shot, and uh, he backed down at that point. So I have a feeling that... Uh, more cases like yours, uh, more cases like Simon Glick's, will result in police officers at least thinking twice before they uh, just jump straight to a- arresting a videographer. I think that I've seen that happen because I've seen him, you know, I've seen cops, their gears turning when they realize that, uh oh, that guy's yeah. not doing what I'm telling him to. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I've seen it too. I've seen a lot of cops, you know, basically they're getting smarter. And, you know, like all of us, we have to get much smarter in the digital age. You know, the cops have to take on the mentality that any time they put on that uniform, they can end up on YouTube. Yep. And a smart cop would take on that attitude. You know, the dumb cops are the ones who say, well, I'm going to take your camera and beat you up because you're videotaping me. But well, yeah, you know, but there is a certain more worth. there's a certain psychology to people who would become police officers in the first place. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of the bullying um, aspect and you know there's a power trip to it. You know a lot of cops they have a power trip to them. I mean, you see a lot of cops that you know they go through divorces because they they're very controlling. Not mm-hmm. all of them, but a lot of them. Yeah, you can tell when you talk to them. The one there's a difference between a cop who's professional and he talks to you as, as a human yeah. being should be talked to, and there's the other cop who barks at you. And you know Nancy Perez, I have a feeling she's part of the latter. She's she's a major. She's used to getting her way. She's used to saying things, and people just, like, when she had me arrested, you know, if you look at the face of the other cops, they were surprised, because they had seen me all night videotaping me, and they're like, well, this guy never had a problem with us. And you can look at their faces, but they had to do what she said. She's a major, yeah. so, okay, we'll arrest him. 
But, but yeah, I mean, the, their faces were very surprised. Why is this guy getting arrested? This is done. This operation is completely over. Why is he going to jail now? Maybe she wanted to exercise a little dominatrix over oh, you there, Tyler. I don't know. Maybe you could have just asked her if she wanted a date. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, lady, if you just wanted to I, date I, me, right. you wanted to touch me, you could have asked. Hey, Carlos, I'll let you handcuff me. Uh, she you know what she could have done? You know, as a media spokesperson, she could have asked if I was a journalist. And she had, she never did that. And she she knew who you were. He never told me he was a journalist. Well, it's her job to ask me if she really cared because it's not my job to tell her. I'm a but journalist, didn't she know who you were anyway? Like she knew yeah, exactly well, who. Oh, you, oh, were. But you know what she said in trial. And here's another thing I'm going to put on my blog is she said, "Well, I never read the email. The email was sent to me, and I never opened it because I was very busy." So we're talking about this is the commander of the media relations department, who on the busiest day of the year so far for them, where they're doing this huge action. And you know she's getting emailed by reporters, and so she's ignoring her email? No, that's bullcrap. I'm yep. sorry. Carlos, that, always good having you on, man. Always appreciate your time. Photographyisnotacrime.com, your brand new blog. Folks should go over, check it out, bookmark it, subscribe to the feed, and uh, glad to hear about your victory in court. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks a lot. Man. Thanks, dude. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live Hour 2 is next. Are you a fan of beer, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rocks network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want here. Coming up tonight, Orlando, there's news about a garden that apparently is putting a man's house in jeopardy. Well, the garden itself is not. The government is, though, over the garden. We'll say more about that here in a moment. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's right. It's illegal to grow your own food in some places in this country. Uh, 1-855-450-3733. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. Let's go right back into your calls, your thoughts. Frank, listening in Wilmington to the Big Talker FM. Hey, Frank. Hey, how we doing? Hey, Frank, I take it you're calling uh, in advance because I believe we are aired in a delayed broadcast basis there in Wilmington. Is that correct? Absolutely. But but I, I, I get to listen to you on hold, and I love it. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I uh, appreciate it. So yeah, if you if you are listening if you are listening to Free Talk Live on a local radio station or XM where you're not hearing us live from seven to ten at night Eastern Time, those are our live hours. You can still call the show. You can call to comment on whatever you want to, and then later on you'll be able to listen back to your own call. It's uh, true when the show airs. So what's on your mind tonight? Okay, premise. I understand it. It, it might be wrong. Okay. Oh, no, it might be wrong, but that is not a good way to introduce your topic. If I'm on, you know you're going to get yelled at, but go on. (laughs) Go on. Okay, all right, all right, fair enough. First, if you know something might be wrong, okay, but it's the right thing to do. Is it really a bad thing to do? Is like push really a woman wrong? down who... Let's hear what yeah. he has well, to say. Yeah. yeah, like what? Give us an example. Okay, the example is I know that the Free State Project is a good thing, and I would want to give that information to as many people as I could. And maybe the best way to do that, um, um, from my perspective, might be 
to write the website on U.S. currency, where I would, and I'm not advocating, but I'm saying that I could write www.freestateproject.org on every dollar bill, on every five, on every $10 bill, on every dollar bill that comes through me, and I'm a cab driver. Um, there is you know, nothing you know, wrong with that. that, Frank. Let me just let me just let you know. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Those bills are yours to uh, to write on, should you like. And what I'd recommend that you do, if you you know, I'm not a lawyer, but uh, if you want to le- learn a little bit more about this, there's a great organization called Where'sGeorge.com. And if you've had yeah. enough bills passed through your hands, you've probably gotten some of these. Have you have you ever gotten a Where's George bill? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've typed in the information too, just right. like Where's George, and they got to uh, track me and. And they got the stamper, and you could probably get a stamper for maybe uh, ten dollars at, at 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 a store, you yep. know, Staples or Office. You can uh, actually get them on eBay it. as well. They probably cost you like twenty bucks at like a, a Staples or Office Max, but on eBay you can get them for ten or twelve bucks, and you can get different colors of uh, of ink, that sort of thing. And I've been stamping bills for years now, uh, and I did have a Free State Project stamp down when I was in Florida, so I've actually done this exact thing. And if you go to the Where's George website, they have a frequently asked questions where one of the questions is, well, isn't this illegal? Isn't this mutilating? Uh, U.S. currency. And the answer they have on their website essentially says that no, as long as you don't obscure the serial number to where the serial number cannot be read, then it is not uh, obscuring or it is not uh, mutilating the U.S. currency. So if you're not obscuring both of the serial numbers on the dollar, then you should be good to go. It's not something that you really need to worry about. I personally think it's great uh, outreach. I I stamp every bill I have with a Free Talk Live uh, and Free Keen stamp. Everything that comes through my hands gets a a stamp on the front and a stamp on the back. So I think it... uh, you know, you know, you never really get anybody directly saying, "Hey, I found your show through a, a dollar bill." But surely, somebody is going to that website. Someone out there who's come across those uh, those stamped bills are are going and checking those websites out. So, I think that uh, first of all, it's not wrong. Secondly, I've been doing it for a long time, so good idea. As far as right and wrong goes, I mean, either you believe that that is your property to do with what you want, or it's not. In which case, if it's not, you should probably give it back to its rightful owner. That's a good point, and and I think for anybody that that might be listening, if if they don't have money, they could donate right now or anything to you know for the cause of free king, free state, free talk live. You know, it, it'd be great. Maybe it is a good idea to just start stamping dollar bills. You know, I, I mean, you're still a patriot. You're still acting, and uh, you, you're not going around. You're not knocking on doors. But you still get out the message. It, it might be a good idea for everybody. I would call it guerrilla marketing, and I think it could be very effective. And it certainly doesn't take a whole lot of time to just, you know, especially if you get a stamp. Writing it down is going to take some time because then, you know, however many seconds it takes you to write out whatever URL. But if you have a self-inking stamp, you can just power through them pretty quick. So, uh, Frank, thanks for uh, your call and your thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. Uh, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I've got the bottle of ink here, this reason. This blue refill ink that I got at Office Max, I don't know how many years ago. It's lasted me forever. So you get it's uh, so long, you don't even know what the price is anymore. No, it's old. I mean, I you you know get one of these stamps on eBay. You can customize the font. You can customize the the colors. I find that blue is the most visible because you want to make sure that you know when the stamp is when you're stamping, you want to make sure that it's going to be visible against the green background of uh, of the dollar. And so red, I don't feel like red does a very effective job. I mean, I, black. I haven't tried all of the stamps. I, I haven't I haven't done black yet. I don't know how I don't know how that would look. But I you know generally try to stamp on the more lighter areas of the dollar bill. So like across like the when you get the big heads like on the fives, uh, you stamp right across their forehead. That's a good place for it. 
So uh, 855-450-FREE. Stories out of ClickOrlando.com, where an Orlando man is fighting city officials to keep his vegetable garden in his front yard. You have to step over radishes, wax beans, and kale to get to Jason Helvingston's front door in College Park. However, his 25-by-25-foot micro-irrigated vegetable garden is against city code. And the city of Orlando has asked. They're just asking him, apparently. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah, that's nice of him. I know better. Uh, and, well, yeah, right. In every news story, whenever they say the government asks someone to do something, you know they didn't ask. They're telling him because it's against city code. Because they're going to take his house away. Yeah. It's not, you're not asking somebody. The, the guy with a gun pointing it at your head, asking you for your wallet, isn't asking you. Right. <laughs> Orlando, uh, by the way, the city of Orlando has asked him to uh, dig it up by Wednesday. I said, you'll take my house before you take my vegetable garden, said the man. There's nothing wrong here. There's nothing poisonous here. This is a sustainable plot of land. City code requires ground covers to be planted in a way that gives off a finished appearance. So neighborhood lawns are clean and inviting. And that's I'm not- sorry, was that an HOA? What, what was the- no, this no, is city code. This is the city, city code. code okay, okay. Because if Park. it's an HOA and you're choosing to live in a community that says you can only have these plants, et cetera, well, that's, you know, you're, you're entering into a voluntary agreement. But obviously, uh, none of us are entering into voluntary agreements with the government. So the claim is that the city says that having an inviting, clean front lawn keeps property values up. Well, I don't know about that. I think I might rather live around neighbors who were self-sufficient and had gardens in their front uh, front yards. And this is the ambiguous kind of language that really irks me. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, a beautiful vegetable garden is clean and inviting. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I think I find that more clean and inviting than uh, well, but the, there's a little bit of dirt. So, like, there's you know the cleared ground where sure. around it, it doesn't look like a, a manicured front lawn or anything like that. But uh, you know, I want to live in a place where people are allowed to do what they want with their property. To me, that increases the value of property. So, really, the question is, who decides what is a good uh, property value? What is uh, what makes for good property for attractive property? Well, one of his neighbors there seems to think it's just fine. That's right. In fact, he's had uh, some signatures on a petition. 200 of them. Uh, 200 signatures, including his neighbor. The city code, uh, let's see, Helvingston has decided to not listen to the city. Instead, he's trying to petition the code to allow veggie gardens in the front yard. Uh, His neighbor said, I'm definitely not bothered by it. As a matter of fact, we love it, she said. Helvingston hopes the city will reconsider the code when he meets with the code board in December. Yeah, that's not likely to happen who knows uh, i mean if you they never get, know if there's a hundred 200 people on a list uh, the, you know they are political beings and they do tend to uh, it is getting press coverage so that could also uh, act in his favor a lot of times when the news covers something like this the city people will back down but usually they only back down when it's like a kid that's involved so if it's you know like a kid's playground or or but you a know, tree house a, a garden's a pretty wholesome thing we have seen them go after people for their gardens it's no doubt um but you know I, I, I think this is one of the areas that they may very well back down because they have ambiguous language. This is another example of the government telling us what we can do with our own property, and that should never happen, he said. In any economic downturn in the past history of the United States, the government has always encouraged the people to grow their own food, and so we want to continue with that movement. No, they want you to go on a system. CBC, yep. though, has said that the city plans to make all front lawn vegetable gardens illegal this fall. 855-450-FREE. That was in Orlando? No, in I'm in uh, Quebec. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, this is in Orlando. More coming up here in moments. 855-450-FREE. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. 
Hi, my name's Tim Cummins. I'm your verbal surgeon, and my job, to help you feel good right now. And every time you listen to my podcast at verbalsurgery.com, you will feel good because you're an awesome person of amazing abilities, incredible skills, and that makes me feel good too. So get with the program, verbalsurgery.com, and feel good now. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, you can take control of the airwaves here at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there. Give them away to you and with you in the studio here tonight. It's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. Uh, Features, by the way, including our webcam. You can go watch, listen, and interact. The chat room is built into the same page as the cam. Go to cam.freetalklive.com to see all of that and do that. It's all for free. Once again, that's cam.freetalklive.com and uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. Once again, freedomsphoenix.com as we continue here. Uh, we'll take your calls. Uh, and Michelle, you've got another garden-related story. Apparently the CBC reporting that there's going to be a coming crackdown on gardens up in the Quebec area. Uh, but that's, in to fo- that's to follow up our story that we have out of College Park, the Orlando area in Florida, where one man is standing up to the city and refusing to uh, undo his garden. He's got a 25 by 25 foot garden in his front lawn. Uh, he's planted all manner of... Not uh, exactly a giant plot. No, no. Big enough to produce a little bit of food. Yep. Uh, he's making, you know, growing some food and it's Florida, so he can pretty much grow it year round uh, down there. Yep. And of the types, yeah. And they're uh, telling him that he better uh, he better get rid of it or else uh, he's got until Wednesday apparently to get rid of it and he's not going to. Uh, he intends to bring a petition with over 200 signatures, including one from his neighbor who says she loves the garden. Uh, he plans on bringing it to them. Other College Park bringing it to the uh, the, co- the zoning board. Other College Park residents tell Local Six that they're worried that the city might come after them about their gardens as well. They ought to be. Greg Clifton tells Local 6 he's growing a quarter of an acre of vegetables in his backyard. Clifton told Local 6, but I have every intention of using my front yard as a garden, and I think the more I can grow, the better it is. Absolutely. Self-sufficiency and self-reliance. But the government doesn't want that. Right. Used to be what America, you know, was part of the American dream and, and what people stood for here. So I don't know. <laughs> So we'll see, I guess, hopefully we'll hear an update on what happens down there in Orlando. And Michelle, you can tell us more about Canada in a moment. But first, let's go to Scott listening in Arizona. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, uh, regarding your your uh, current topic about gardening in your front yard, there was a book back in, uh, I don't know, it came out a long time ago in the 40s, I think, called Five Acres and Independence. And in the 60s, during the Back to the Land movement, that was kind of like a Bible. 
Hmm. um, I would think that that now that you could probably do it a little uh, even more efficiently on a smaller piece if that's uh, if if one needed to or wanted to do such a thing. There are amazing gardens now, vertical gardens that you can have on just a little balcony and everything. And and, uh, so, yeah, it's pretty amazing with hydroponics and everything that you can grow year round. And part of it was the, uh, the the technology of how you grew stuff and how you dug a well and how you did all of that stuff. But also a part of it was the fact that that you could you could put out a, a thing and sell your fruits and vegetables and stuff to your neighbors along you know just have a box out on the road and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which is so contrary to the whole concept of the way the country is now. Sure. But but that's not what I called in about. That I'm just kind of that's what you were talking about. So I yeah. wanted to throw that out there. The reason that I called in is I wanted to share an idea that's been bothering me for a while. There's there's a lot of of talk about about small town, about m- moving away from the large government and moving into you know like state government and then local governments as as if that's some kind of a panacea. And I I have a very uh, very personal experience with living in a small town and watching the politics over a period of years where the little busybodies would just get hold of power and destroy anybody who didn't want to go along with their their way of doing things. Right. There's there's another example of this which has been covered to some extent on Freedom's Phoenix and that's currently in the small town called Quartzite, Quartzite, Arizona. Yeah, yeah and, and, and it's it's absolutely insane that the government there is completely criminal. And and there's all kinds of people trying to do anything they can to get these absolutely run amok crooks from controlling and destroying the town. And it you know, they, they go to the state and they go to all these different people trying to get some kind of of sanity. And and the people in control of the government just say, screw you, and yep. we're going to do whatever, you know, it's totally out of control. It's that way everywhere, though. I mean, it's just that uh, Quartzsite, they've done a good job of bringing it to people's attention and, you know, getting some YouTube videos and uh, posting about it online. But there's, you know, the good old boy networks everywhere, and it's, you know, it's pre- prevalent throughout larger cities. It's, you know, it's in small towns. It's just that when it's in smaller towns, you can know more of what's going on. You can you, you can participate, and if you're and if it's a democracy or there's a voting, then you being present will affect the actual vote. Whereas you can have in more a of an effect, larger, sure. you know, area or whatever, but you can also diluted. know who all the characters are that are involved. I mean, you can usually talk to them all. They usually have to use the same entrance that you do yes. uh, and it's you know they're not as protected in a small town uh, from being known and from their activities being known because you know rumors can spread pretty fast about who's doing you know who's scratching who who's back in the city council or the town uh, council or whatever they're called so I think yeah, that I, I understand what you're saying yeah. and and you, you know you make a good argument it's just that my my experience is that all of those benefits that you just quoted, don't really add up to any any uh, ability for you to have greater control. Oh, I no, so I, I understand just, you. I understand what you're saying, and I agree with you, And which is why I moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, to where I could get together with other people who have a like, uh, like mindset, and we can work toward change 
uh, in a much more direct manner than having to beg for it. Uh, I think that the you know the quartzite folks they're doing a good job from what I've heard. We had uh, Kelly Voluntarist up here in in New Hampshire for a while, and she knows some of those folks uh, down there and has been involved with some of their activities. It's just that there still aren't enough people who are willing to really put something on the line. How many people are willing to say, you know what, I'm sick and tired of this uh, corruption, and I'm tired of paying for it, and I'm tired of paying to keep uh, peaceful people in cages and threaten a guy over having a garden in his front yard, and I'm sick of, you know, fill in the blank of whatever corruption it is that is going on in your town, and I'm going to not pay for it anymore. Thanks very much, but I don't want your services anymore. Maybe I'll, you know, give a voluntary donation to, you know, the, the street sweeping crew or whoever it is that, you know, is actually... Actually, whichever government agents are providing some sort of valuable service, like those repairing roads or whatever. But uh, beyond that, yeah, I'm not going to give you the arbitrary amount of money that you're demanding from me and have people put their freedom in the, their houses on the line. That's not going to happen anytime soon because no one wants to lose their house. And I think as long as people aren't willing to take a risk, uh, they're never going to really uh, you know, have a realistic expectation at achieving freedom. Scott, thanks for your call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So if you're not willing to really put much on the line, you can always move together with others and try to change the system from the inside. And that seems to be working here in New Hampshire. More coming up. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in and bring up anything you want. Toll free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website where you can get a lot of features. Uh, The promote page is there for you. Actually, allows you to uh, promote Free Talk Live in various different ways from online to in real life. We've got flyers. We've got a free bumper sticker for you. We've got web graphics and even high-res graphics that you can use to make whatever you want. Uh, Go to promote.freetalklive.com. Again, that's promote dot freetalklive.com and I want to tell you about blockchain.info blockchain.info is the place to go to get your free online encrypted bitcoin wallet if you don't know what bitcoins are bitcoins are a peer-to-peer open source currency where you can send and receive money on the internet without paying any fees you know, if you use those other money transfer systems um, on the Internet where, you know, you have to pay – where you use dollars, a currency that you're probably very uh, familiar with, well, you've got to pay a fee every time you send money. And uh, you start sending – if you start sending $100 around, uh, you know, in a sort of a circle of friends, pretty soon that $100 is gone. It keeps on going to the money transfer system, not with bitcoins. It's free. It's a free uh, currency to send and receive, and you can do it just about anywhere in the world. It crosses national borders without any problems, and you have complete control of your money with bitcoins because you can have your wallet. You can either put it at blockchain.info or you can keep it on your computer and uh, secure it that way, however you want to. It's blockchain.info, and to find out more about bitcoins, we use coins.org. 
The war on gardens continues. Michelle, apparently you dug up a story that was uh, very similar to the one in Orlando where a man is uh, basically possibly going to lose his home because he has a garden and is refusing to remove it at the city's uh, demand. They claim it's a violation of town of uh, city ordinance in Orlando. And uh, apparently CBC Canada yep. is reporting on something similar. This is actually from this summer, uh, but I've been following... Um, Articles and information about uh, the government trying to make home gardens illegal for a while because something similar happened in Nashville, Tennessee when I was living there and um, we had a little backyard garden. So this is not something that's just come up, you know, very recently. It's been going around for a few years, at least that I've I've known of. Now, this garden, I just showed you photos of it um, on, you know, on the break there. It's beautiful. Gorgeous, gorgeous. and this. Yeah. So they got trellises and things like that in there. Yes, beautiful. And this is um, beautiful as a garden could possibly raised be. Raised bed and in between the raised beds there's uh there are pebble walkways. It's 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 elegant and it's lovely. Yeah. yeah. So and it's green and it's kept up. It's not like it's it's, you know, brown and withering and dying. So um well, they're, probably they're, brown now, but right. Uh, but they're bushes, though. The I mean, it's green. Yeah. You know what I mean. And so, well, sure. But then you would, you would mulch it up and you cut everything down, and then there are things that you can put in the garden to make them aesthetically pleasing while they're lying dormant until springtime. So, in any case, this couple, um, Jose Landry and Michelle Bouchon, uh, started going growing this garden so that they could. Uh, juice and things like that because they needed to lose some weight and they were very Mm. successful one lost 75 pounds and the other 25 so for them it wasn't just an aesthetic thing it was actually it was a health um health related uh cause a little exercise eating good food yes and so they uh they got twenty nine thousand people to sign a petition whoa that's a lot of people that's a lot of people and even so, the CBC has um, said that they are going. I don't. I haven't followed up with where it's at now, but they were going to be fined between a hundred and three hundred dollars per day that they left it up. And um, they claims the claim is that the city plans to make all front lawn gar- vegetable gardens illegal. Hmm. New ones, not ones that are already. Oh, you can get grandfathered in. <laughs> yes, you already have one. Exactly. So they don't, they aren't grandfathered in. They they started their vegetable garden just a little too late. Too late. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's nice. And so I mean, it has a gazebo or you know kind I mean, of thing. Right. I mean, anybody who anybody who looks at this garden, this is one of those situations. Well, we're 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 sorry. I mean, yes, of course, your garden's elegant and beautiful and far more beautiful than the grandfathered-in gardens. But if we let you do it, then we're going to have to let everybody have a People front People just be garden. growing all their own food. <laughs> but the officials are going to enlist the couple to help implement new gardening guidelines. <laughs> That's nice. Get them involved <laughs> they're the, going in the to process. Give, they're going to give them a little bit of power. Right. Yeah. And then that's going to help them to feel like they are, you know, part of the part of the decision making. And, of course, you know, appeal to to their idea of what is aesthetically pleasing. So I really hope that these that this couple doesn't in turn refuse that offer. Yes, exactly. Because then otherwise you just become like your jailers or your captors or whatever it is. Right. Because their idea of a garden may not be what someone else's idea of a garden is and uh, it should not be forced upon another person. Now, the guy in Orlando, his plot is not as well manicured or designed as these folks. It's still nice, but... But but who cares? I just... Look, it's not my property. I don't care what you put in in the front yard. I'd rather have somebody with a garden in their front yard than a junk car. And in Florida, I mean, it's certainly not unusual to see a patchy lawn where 
where somebody goes out and mows everything green and calls that grass. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is how this is how it's done in Florida. And the idea that you're, you know, just they're, they're cutting the weeds down to an even level, that that's acceptable. But, uh, you know, putting in a garden where you produce food and some patches are showing or whatever mm-hmm. isn't acceptable just doesn't make any sense. There's a funny comment on the um, on the page, though, by this man named Bill who says, why couldn't they just concrete it over properly like normal people? Then they would have a perfectly good car parking space so they could drive down to the supermarket and buy proper, clean, safe food in proper plastic packaging <laughs> with proper labels ready to microwave without all that nasty germ-ridden earth soil stuff. Mm. It's sick, man. It's crazy. People- and the FDA hasn't approved those vegetables, but the FDA has approved plenty of foods that they turn around and say are actually poisonous and toxic to your body. Later on, yeah. So there you go. More garden crackdowns. And I'm sure those aren't the only two in North America. We just happened to find two on the same night. And it's not the first time and it won't be the last. So, uh, you know, you would have to ask yourself, what would you do in this situation? What if you had decided that, hey, I'd like to grow some radishes or carrots or whatever. And you go out and you plant some tomatoes and then uh, they start to come up. Mark, you uh, you guys planted more tomatoes than you expected. Well, they, uh, they sort of volunteered, yeah. Yeah, and then ended up uh, with all kind of tomatoes, which was great for everybody. Uh, and thankfully, you don't have officious government bureaucrats nosing around your property out. In Not the, my you know, property, but the they woods. do nose around the town I live in. You can believe that. Do they? Yeah, they love. They, yep, they're always off at people's business. Absolutely. Really? I live far enough off the road that they, you know, they'd have to come up a driveway, and they're a little scared of me. Really? Uh, but, okay. Uh, they generally stay off. Um, so stay away. if you were to not have a large property, if you were to have a house that was visible, maybe from the road, they would be likely harassing you for poss- possible uh, code violations. I don't think for a garden, but uh, you can believe that they've got busy things to do, just mm-hmm. like they do you. I mean, you've you've got the joy of dealing with these people on a pretty regular basis out here. Well, so. you know, I'm an activist, and so if you are, nah, they'd come after you for every for the things you've done anyway. I no, they are coming after me for the things I've done. I've done because I'm an activist. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why I'm I'm targeted as opposed to you know left alone. For years, this house was left alone, but then uh, when one of the local uh, politicos, the inside, you know, I guess the government employees got promoted or hired rather he got hired away from the housing authority and hired by the zoning board all of a sudden i started having zoning violations so i mean it was definitely that one guy that uh, took an interest in me personally to make sure i was punished for you know living free uh, but that's just you know the part of the road you hoe when you uh, step out and you know stick your head above the wa- the waves as an activist. You're going to get targeted. But the thing is though is that you're not free because if you were, I imagine not. I imagine that I've heard that you had a nice home before in Florida. My yard was beautiful. Yes, and I imagine that it would be uh, something of interest to you to improve the quality and of your property so that it increases in value, so it's more aesthetically pleasing to you, etc. Mm-hmm. But all that will happen then is your taxes will go up, and yeah, then you'll have point. to pay more money. So, so you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't in this case, you know? Absolutely. And apparently so is the Philadelphia School Reform Commission. In this case, they have moved on Wednesday to borrow... $300 million. Why? Well, apparently they need the money to uh, meet their financial obligations. Like they've created like paychecks, heating buildings, and buying books for the rest of the school year. It's uh, not a good sign when the local government offices are borrowing money to make ends meet. We'll continue about that here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You bring up whatever's on your mind. Whether it's property rights or anything goes, this is Free Talk Live. 
You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone, 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves here at 855-450-FREE. Bring up whatever you want here. 1-855-450-3733 in the studio tonight. It is Ian. Michelle. And Mark. And don't forget, you can visit us online over at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program, then would recommend you shop with us. It is that shopping time of the year. Lots of people have lists of things to purchase for loved ones, coworkers, etc., well, why bother getting in the car and dealing with parking and lines at the store when you can just go to shop.freetalklive.com and click into Amazon from our affiliate links there. We've got Amazon US, UK, and Canada. You click into the right Amazon for you and Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. So it's that simple. It's the same great Amazon selection the same free super saver shipping deals, the same great prices. It's Amazon. You're just entering through our affiliate link, so Amazon knows to send us a cut of their profits. So once again, go to shop.freetalklive.com and get what you're looking for, shop.freetalklive.com. Well, there's all kinds of uh, news out there. Obviously, you can call in to talk about what you want, but there's budgetary news, and I don't really find budget news to be particularly interesting in general, but it is interesting when it shows in the it shows the dire straits that governments around this country are finding themselves in because as we've seen in Illinois and California which are two of the probably the worst uh, states financially just worse off they've got billions of dollars in uh, basically unfunded liabilities that they've got for pension systems and things like that right which has resulted in things like the United uh, California Tax Franchise Board sending out bills For years when I didn't even live in the state of California. And then they tell you, which wouldn't normally be such a bad thing. You say, oh, no, I didn't live there that year. But they say, prove it. Or else. Or else. And they levied my bank account. So I can't receive, I can't have a bank account. So, I mean, this this is going to start affecting everybody pretty soon. Don't think that you're safe. If you have a bank account, if you have a driver's license in these states, then, yeah, you are going to be affected because they're going to start strong arming people. Well, in Illinois, they raised the income tax by 66% in a desperate attempt to, uh, I mean, it was only like 1% before, but, it, you know, they raised it to 2% or something like that. Uh, they raised it, uh, you know, they raised it 66% in an attempt to shore up the money that they had coming in, but it still wasn't enough because these governments aren't stopping the spending. And that's what's, right. that's what's causing these situations where, in this case, the Philadelphia School Board, uh, the School Reform Commission has borrowed $300 million, or I guess they moved on Wednesday to borrow the $300 million. That means that they may not have yet gotten the uh, the loan, but that's what they're looking to do, is borrow $300 million, money it needs, just to pay the teachers, heat the buildings, and buy books for the rest of the school year. Chairman, uh, Chairman Pedro Ramos made it clear that the SRC's back was to the wall and that the state of its finances constituted dire circumstances for the district. He says, I couldn't be more unhappy that we're in a situation where it's necessary to do a borrowing for the purposes of merely paying our bills. And it's not a good thing uh, to, to do because if they have to borrow this time, 
What's going to prevent them from borrowing the next time and the next time? And, you know, how are they going to pay this off if they're in dire financial straits? If property values are going down around the city, which I'm going to just jump, go out on a limb here and say that's probably true, considering that's what's happening everywhere. It's probably true in Philadelphia. So you've got this situation where people are, uh, you know, they're being taxed in a lot of cases on property values that are inaccurate, but eventually those things can be abated and brought down to the more appropriate levels. So the cities aren't getting as much tax money from the the properties that they're used to getting. People are having a tougher time making uh, the payments that they do have to make because it's a tougher economy. Uh, And when the city doesn't get the same amount of money in or more money every single year, which is what they were used to for a long time, they don't know what to to do. Especially considering that the way the United States government, states, local, and uh, the federal have been setting up their budgets is that they say, this is what we want to spend. Mm -hmm. Now we've got to collect it. Yep. As opposed to the rest of us that say, this is my income. And of this income, this percentage goes to savings, this percentage goes to health insurance, this percentage can afford to go to food, and you a lot based on what you're what you've brought in already. Yes. Yeah, their budget isn't even a budget. In anticipation of what they want to spend next year. That's right. So the uh, Ramos said that he's upset about this, but we got to do what we got to do. The bond sale, the SRC unanimously authorized the Wednesday special meeting, comes with a hefty price tag, an additional $22 million in debt service annually for 20 years, beginning in 2014. So they're paying $22 million in debt service annually. Is that, uh, are they paying, I guess there's going to be a significant amount of interest on this, right? So right. I mean, you're borrowing. Oh, yeah. $300 million, what are you going to pay back in, uh, in interest on that? It's the second time in the dec- in a decade the district has had to what borrow money. What do they money. care? They're not going to earn the money. Right. They're just going to steal it from the people that own those houses in a few years. Well, they can raise taxes, which is really going to be their only uh, solution because they're certainly not going to cut the size of the government. At some point or another, uh, maybe these municipalities are running into problems and actually cutting. They're cutting staff. I mean, they're, you know, municipalities are cutting staff. They're just cutting it so slowly that they aren't stopping the problem. But staff doesn't tend to be where the largest... Um, uh, payroll, is it? Um, yeah, payroll as, as opposed to the um, the actual services. You know, so, so yes, the employees are a part of the overall services. But, for example, with the education system, people think, oh, well, we've got to cut back and so they they fire teachers but that's not the teachers are the one that are taking the the bulk of that educational budget what it's, is it administrators yes mm. by a lot yeah and administrators gonna be the hardest ones to fire who wants to fire management right so management decides who to fire they don't want to fire themselves right it's the second time in a decade the district has had to borrow money to keep schools open. The last deficit financing occurred in 2002, and officials say the school system's credit card is maxed out. Ramos says some people think the solution is that we can just keep borrowing, and we really can't. Because it represents non-recurring revenue, the bond sale puts the district hundreds of millions in the hole for the 2013-14 school year, just three, three months into the current school term. The message is the district's current spending is not sustainable. The bond sale is a large and very expensive band-aid, but only buys the district a little time. Extremely difficult choices are approaching quickly, according to one of the school board members. And he says, we're going to have to make them. We don't have any choice. And that's because they can't 
you know, they can't keep borrowing money because eventually they're never going to be able to pay it off. And also they can't print money because they're not the federal government. So they don't have the ability to just print their way out of budgetary crises. And the federal government and does not want to go to the states can't pay. The federal government does not want to get into the business of bailing out municipalities. School boards, yeah. yeah. So they are going to be confronted with a whopper of a decision deciding how many and which of the district's 200-plus schools should be closed. Officials have said they must shed roughly 40 schools at the end of this year to save money and right-size operations in a district that has lost tens of thousands of students to charter schools in the last decade, but did not shrink its operations to compensate. So students (laughs) have been leaving in droves from these uh, government district schools. But every time you want to cut a dollar from the budget, they say, oh, the children, the the children are leaving. Their parents are deciding to move them out. Well, and then you've got the whole fiasco of uh, having to... Um, employ the or pay the publisher uh, publishers of these books, so they'll ch- they'll pay mm-hmm. Lippincott or whatever after mm-hmm. they they change a comma or something in there, and then you've got to buy a whole new book, you know. And so and that's really costly. And and so how are they going to be able to cut these schools though, or or um, close these schools and still satisfy the no child left behind and having students be you know less than thirty students per classroom and no busing and you know, they don't really make such a, a conundrum. <laughs> I mean, don't you think, I, I mean, I feel like if I was tasked with, hey, teach a high school class American history, that I could come up with that. Like, I, I could did do three that times. Without a book. <laughs> you know, hey, everybody, um, you know, it would probably be cheaper if the school just passed out tablets, but you Go know, I'm Wikipedia. not suggesting that. What's that? <laughs> Go to Wikipedia. Right. <laughs> you know, and, you know, you just put it up there on the screen or whatever, and, you know, this is what happened in America. I think I could come up with a reasonably good course. I mean, that's what teachers are supposed to do, right? Why do we, what do we even need the textbook for? Isn't this well, all right, technology? Well, it's because it's, it's big money for the textbook exactly. manufacturers, mm-hmm. and it's, it's an old contract, and uh, those things aren't going to go away easily or quietly. How did the district, by the way, arrive in its current financial predicament? Well, a failure to cut costs as it shrank was a factor. Certainly big cuts in state and federal revenue and the brutal economy have contributed to the fiscal woes. But Ramos has acknowledged that poor fiscal policy, too much borrowing, too much spending on part of the prior administrations also landed the district in its tight spot. And, of course, when administrators of government programs you know, spend too much, they're not on the hook. The prior administrators can spend, 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 and then they can say, see you later. And then the new group comes in and they inherit the mess that the old uh, administrators left. And, uh, you know, the old administrators aren't in any way, shape, or form liable or responsible for the poor job that they did. No. And it makes it easy for the current group to point to them and say, hey, it's all their fault. You know, we're doing our best here. And this is probably not an uncommon situation. Barack Obama did it. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves here. More to come. Your calls about whatever's on your mind. Hour number three is coming up. Plus, news about gay marriage and sidewalk driving all on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. 
the people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program, and you can, of course, bring up whatever's on your mind. That's the point of Free Talk Live. We call it Free Talk Live for that reason. You are free to talk about anything you want, and the show's live seven nights per week. So we're going to continue here with you and your calls. And then coming up, Mark's going to tell us about sidewalk driving and what that can result in. Uh, and why it pretty was being sidewalk city sidewalk in the first place that's really nice uh, but first let's go to the phones here and talk to mitchell on the line in texas you're on free talk live hey mitchell hey guys how are you hey great what's on your mind tonight oh i'm sitting here watching my german shepherd look up in the tree i got a big old possum up in my tree i couldn't figure out why she was had this gaze on her on her face and that's now exciting. i found out no, I bet it's, it's, I'll tell exciting. you who it's exciting for. The dog. That German Shepherd is excited yeah, that's what about I'm it. Saying. That's she's exciting. standing right there at attention. <laughs> she looks at her. She's at her most beautiful right now. Her tail's out and probably one leg's behind the other. This is how, uh, because of their hip uh, situation. Usually they stand this way. And her eyes are wide open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dogs are pretty cool about uh, knowing that stuff way before humans. I had a situation like that with uh, with my old dog in Florida, where uh, I, I you know noticed it was acting funny, and then I noticed that there was a possum running along the power lines uh, above me, and uh, they're they're definitely tuned into that. Well, shepherds are great dogs. I've had her for eleven years now. So, what were you calling uh, about besides a German Shepherd update? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking a little bit about the budget, you know if. It, if if the feds could flip a switch tomorrow and balance the budget, meaning that they spend exactly what they take in, right? Well, that yes. So you're not gonna you're not gonna have them paying off the debt. Just they're just gonna spend what they they take in. That's it, right? That that is my point. It okay. doesn't solve the problem, right? No, it and, doesn't and, because of the debt. Right. The incredible amount I mean, of debt. The deficit, yeah. Well, no, the debt's well, different it, from the deficit. Right? It's, it's yeah. yeah, sixteen trillion right now. Yes. And, right. The uh, deficit is the current amount that is uh, where they spend. They have their current budget. They spend over that budget. That amount over the over the budget amount is the deficit, which then gets added to the, to the debt, debt. And yes. the debt is uh, always growing but significantly. If they, but if they um, equal out the budget though, so that they're bringing in the same amount that they're spending, mm-hmm. there's still that. There's still the yes, debt, debt at that point, yes. and that debt still requires interest payments and sixteen uh, trillion, which is I guess a hundred and. Hundred more than one hundred and ten trillion in unfunded liabilities. Right, that's exactly right. I mean, if 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 you're making three thousand bucks a month and you get home one day and they say we're going we're going to cut your salary to twenty five hundred, okay, for whatever reason, then you know what do you do? What do you and I do? We cut. Yep. We, that we, we cut. I mean, that's just what you do. And, and if you're smart, I mean, you don't spend your income in the first place, so you don't have to t- to cut a whole lot. If you you know if you have three thousand dollars coming in and it gets cut to two, hopefully you weren't spending all three every single month in the first place, so you don't have to amen. cut as hard. Yes, but I mean this. There's a negative savings rate in this country. 
Right. Uh, there was in 2005. I think Americans have uh, learned a bit of a lesson since, say, 2008. They're they're doing they're they're doing better than they were um, in that area. The the government, however, hasn't caught up. Correct. No, I'm not sure the government can ever catch up. At well, Bernack is not going to go to jail if he doesn't pay his bills. I mean, or pay you exactly. know pay the pay the the United States bills, or Congress isn't going to go to jail for right. for uh, Treasury you know, Department exactly. Or, right. So you and I can. Well, you know, I, I saw in our local paper the other day there were some top ten things for the new president to do, and it was a wish list. And one of them was to pass a law that says that Congress gets fined X amount of dollars every day that they don't pass a budget, and I mean a real budget. Yeah. They've done that before, actually, back um, in that uh, in the eighties, I think. With uh, what, what was that? Not restoring America, but what was the whole the contract thing? with America was in the nineties. In the nineties, okay, there was something else in the eighties, I think, too. And, and yeah, they threat- I, I they like threatened to to find them, and they seemed to get around that, you know, rather easily. Or they postponed, or they you know delayed how long they were. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they're not going to go for any fines on themselves. Exactly. Yeah, they're no not going to take any responsibility for why their don't they, Why don't we just start by cutting one thing that I think 100% of the people in the United States could agree on, and that is Secret Service to X. Um, presidents and and uh, oh, I doubt one hundred percent would agree with that. And senators, etc. You don't think the people are tired of of paying for the secret? There's so many people out there that... a month for Hillary Clinton's Secret but Service. She's got when, plenty of fans. No, who... But when she before she was in office, well, okay. Well, well guys, guys, that changed. That changed uh, with Clinton. Clinton is the last one to get lifetime Secret Service. Oh, right? really? That's interesting. Yeah, I wasn't uh, aware. Uh, him and him and Hillary are the last ones. Now, with, with uh, Bush 2, uh, uh, you get it for – the vice president gets it for six months, that's it, uh, and the president gets it for 10 years, that's it. So well, there you go. Things. Now the government's been cut to the bone, Michelle. Are you happy? <laughs> Only 10 years. Now, see, if everyone yeah. had just elected uh, uh, Ron Paul, he may not even live to be, you know, another 10 years. And the savings. After, right? <laughs> Mitchell, any other thoughts you want to share? Uh, no, sir. Thank you. Thanks so for much the call, for the man. I appreciate it. hearing from you tonight. Let's go to I hope Beaker. All the best for that possum. Let's go to Beaker <laughs> listening in <laughs> Idaho. <laughs> You're on Free Talk Live. Is that a noise of a possum? <laughs> no, that's a Beaker noise. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> no, it's uh, Beaker from the Muppets. From the Muppets. That's, uh, <laughs> my nickname's sake. Uh, tonight I'm calling in. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, sec- <laughs> my second time coming calling in. And uh, first thing I want to bring up is yesterday here in Boise, Idaho, we had a little bit of a terrorism scare. Hmm. I can and, only uh, imagine what this is like. What Go was ahead. there, a lemonade stand or what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, no. Uh, well, it's it's just as bad. Um, <laughs> you know, government government building the Bureau of Reclamation here in Boise, Idaho. What does the Bureau of Reclamation do? Uh, it distributes water yeah. for irrigation okay. um, and things like that around the around farms and within the city, and it also uh, distributes uh, hydroelectric power. Okay, uh, it's for the entire Western United States, but. We have an office here in Boise. Um, somebody spotted a suspicious package mm. underneath a car in their caged parking lot. Um, they brought up the Department of Homeland Security, and uh, <laughs> they brought in a robot mm-hmm. to examine this package. Was it someone sandwiched their lunch? Sack lunch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do? Put it down when he was, you know, unloading some stuff from the car, and then uh, forgot it about fell it. Out of his door or something, but yep. it, we it, got it, us it, a ham and cheese up. over here. 
<laughs> right, it's Cheetos, right? You know, <laughs> I, I put the I put a link to it on you guys' uh, Facebook thing, and I was going to cool. put it in his show prep, but this um, is the cover the butt effect. <laughs> it, 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 it took him two hours to figure out that it was uh, grilled ham and cheese and <laughs> yep. Cheetos. So, uh, so surprised they didn't uh, blow it up. Here's what happens with the cover the butt effect. Once one person sees something that they deem that could be suspicious, then everybody else after them is like, well, you know, it doesn't look like any big deal to me, but it's I, I'm know. told I must be suspicious. If you see suspicious. something, say something. It, we, we must be safe here <laughs> because the government's not about efficiency. Efficiency doesn't fit into the formula. There's no rewards for being efficient. When they, in doubt, bring out the bomb right. squad. Right. So at this hey, you point. Know, you know what? You know what? The the bringing out the bomb squad with their robot is a reward in and of itself for these guys because who didn't like to uh, play with a remote controlled car? Oh no, yeah, no, man. Did, right? That's why I said I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't blow it up. Usually, when you bring the bomb squad out, they have a policy of uh, blowing up whatever package it is that they believe right. is a bomb. Well, they're probably looking pretty silly with this, but I absolutely agree. Someone should put poop in, <laughs> when, in bags. When, when it's uh, time to, when I do my uh, firefighter thing once a month, volunteer firefighter Love thing. Love you in that little get up. They do, mm-hmm. they do the training with the hose. <laughs> and I can tell you, everybody wants to work the hose. Nobody wants to get out there and work I the rake. I love to work the hose. I bet you do. The, <laughs> so, you know, and I, I you need 10 rakes I, I for every know, guy to hose. Uh, you know, it's funny because they, they, robbed, they robbed us of... Uh, you know, the money that they got paid to do it, the money that they would use to uh, furnish this robot, they also robbed this poor guy of his lunch. I mean, he could have <laughs> gone, went out there and found it. Uh, and it's just, there's no <laughs> common sense. I mean, back in the day, right, you would have walked over there and looked in the bag and been like, ah, someone's sandwich. And you would have maybe looked to see whether or not there was a napkin that said, hi, Georgie, have a good day on it, right, you know, and give it to Georgie. Like somebody put a name on there. In- yeah, whatever. But I mean, the point is that you would have looked for its rightful owner yeah. and they would have got their right. lunch. Like a good neighbor would. And now everybody's afraid of everyone else. Hey, at least the government guys are afraid. Probably if this were in the average parking lot, that's probably what would have happened. Sure. But government agents are always looking over their shoulders because they're violent. And so they expect everybody else uh, to be violent. The violence is the name of their game. Beaker, thanks for the story. Good one tonight. 855-450-FREE. The SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us here on the air. Also online, we've got news updates. You get signed up over at news.freetalklive.com. You can follow us via email, Facebook, Twitter, whichever method is uh, your preference. In fact, there's news about Facebook. Uh, Facebook a, a few months ago made, I guess, headlines when they change their policy about how pages work. So, for instance, if you go to the Free Talk Live page on Facebook and you click like, it used to be 
that you'd see everything that we posted. Then they changed it and they made it so you only saw like like a tenth of the people that uh, that like our page will see what we post there. And Facebook said, well, if you want everybody to see it, you can Gotta give pay. us some money uh, and then we'll let all your fans see the stuff that you post. And I guess uh, some have suggested Facebook may have responded to the backlash by allowing people to now subscribe to notifications from a page, but you have to opt into them. So just clicking the like button isn't enough. Now what you have to do is hover over the like button. So if you've already liked our page at uh, the Free Talk Live Facebook page, if you've already liked the page, when you're on the page, if you hover over the like button, it will then provide you with some options, one of which will allow you to receive notifications from that page. So if you would like to ensure that you... you it sounds know, like valuable information yes. in general on the uh, using Facebook. Yes. I mean, for any pages that you enjoy, uh, that you want to be certain that uh, show up on your, your news feed, uh, make sure that you hover over the liked button and then select show notifications. I think it's something like show notifications. It'll be obvious. It'll be the first choice on that uh, that menu that uh, that comes up. So that's some news. I'm Facebook free, so I don't know what you're talking about. Must be nice. <laughs> I can't be Facebook free. And uh, unfortunately, I am a, a, an addict almost of Facebook. I spend way too much time on Facebook. But and every time I find myself spending too much time there, I always end up justifying it by finding useful you know, show prep items. And of course, I have to be there for business purposes because we have a Facebook page, and thanks to all of the seven hundred, or excuse me, seven thousand seven hundred people that uh, that like said Facebook page. So uh, I've got to be there. To, um, Derek J has suggested that I have to once I get my my website up if I want to have people you know be able to uh, to become subscribers to my page or something. That it's just such a great marketing tool. And so I suppose there's a difference between having a fan page and not or whatever, but. The one thing I noticed was the quality of my life drastically improved when I got rid of it because mm, I stopped free argue- time. and I stopped arguing with people about yeah. stupid things. <laughs> you know? So again, you can go to the Free Talk Live Facebook page and then you can hover over the liked button and select get notifications. Uh, and I believe that will help you receive that information. So there's that. Uh, you can get signed up for that. There's also Twitter. And there's something I made an announcement about today, which it might be a big announcement. It's I think it's pretty cool. Uh, we had our 10th anniversary over the weekend on November 3rd. That was 10 years of doing Free Talk Live. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's big. That's, that's a big deal. And so I decided that what better way to celebrate an anniversary than by giving a gift. So we've given you, the listener, uh, a gift of access to... God, I don't know how many episodes it is, but it's a lot. Two years, years worth, worth. Of, uh, two, three years worth of Free Talk Live from the early, early days. So pre-syndication, we have released... Were you still angry back then? I was definitely angrier back then, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I almost don't want to release these shows. It's a different show, absolutely. Yeah, but, mm. uh, you know, because I'm not the same person today that I was 10 years ago. He could and- really care less about me, though, like you're young. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Mark's definitely not the same You're person. not even Mark on these shows. You're Manwich. That's <laughs> the truth. Oh, you used to go by funny. Manwich. Yeah, Manwich is, used to be my name. You were Manwich when I first got here. People would still refer to you a bit as Manwich mm-hmm. a couple years ago. So uh, you will be able to, if you go to, uh, if you go to like the Facebook page or the Twitter, you can link to these. But it's also on the archives page. So if you go to archives.freetalklive.com, I've now linked to two to two torrents. Uh, there's a torrent for what we call season one, uh, and then there's a torrent for season two. So you can download. You can only these are only available via torrent. They are not on our SoundCloud page. So you have to have a torrent program in order to be able to download these episodes, and they are there for you. And we're talking about literally years worth of the show. Everything up to when we got syndicated has now been re-released. It's all free. 
You just have to have a torrent client and then go to archives.freetalklive.com. You can click the links there toward the very top of the page for season one and two and get uh, a whole bunch of shows as though you didn't already have enough to listen to. Now you can you know, really dig into the back, back, back archives of Free Talk Live. And there were a lot of great moments on those shows. Plus, all the old promos are in there, too. Mm. So, like, all the original stuff that we don't play anymore because it's just too racy uh, for, for some of our radio stations, uh, all of that stuff is, uh, is it there. It was pre-Janet Jackson's boob back the, then. Yeah, the internet shows and everything, all still there. So, Michelle, when I started, when I went, went with the name uh, Manwich on the show, Ian didn't know... What he had never heard of? Uh, no, nope, never heard Con of Conagra Foods bold and spicy uh, hamburger mix sauce. He didn't know what manwich was. I thought it was a gay thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, look at Mark. I can understand why right. you think it was and, a gay thing. Well, he was totally metro back then too. Yeah, so, that's what I've heard. Yeah, tis truth. Anyway, I just figured I'd let you know in case you, you know, in case you were not subscribed to those news updates. If you were subscribed to the news updates, you could have started downloading the torrents earlier this afternoon. Uh, the torrents are there; people are downloading them. And of course, the more the way torrents work, the more people use the torrents, the faster uh, the the transfer speed. So when uh, as you're tor- as you're torrenting, uh, you're also sharing everything you've already downloaded. So again, uh, when you complete the downloads of Season 1 and 2, please continue on and seed those uh, those downloads, because the more people that seed the torrents, the faster they go. And by the way, the reason why I release them in this manner, yeah, I there's a couple that. of different reasons. One, I really wanted it to be only for the fans. I didn't want to put them up on the SoundCloud, because the way SoundCloud works is everything you upload to SoundCloud is always the newest. So SoundCloud tracks from late 2006 up to the current day. If I were to upload it to SoundCloud, we'd have episodes from 2002 through 2003 and 2004 after 2012. So it wouldn't make sense chronologically to do it that way. And then it would also load up people's podcast clients with, you know, a yeah. couple hundred more shows. That would, so awful. it just doesn't make sense to do it that way. So we're doing it a more of a community basis where if you like, you know, the idea of us having these shows, please seed them so we can offer them at a faster speed uh, to everybody that, that wants them. And really the original shows are only going to appeal to a certain, you know, level of fan of Free Talk Live. Somebody who's brand new to the show probably isn't going to be that interested in going back to 2002. So what a nice gift. Here, I'm going to give you guys something you don't want. Is that what you're saying, Ian? I'll tell you what. This was the highest rated like program this. on this radio station. I'm teasing. I can't just tease you all the time and not tease Ian. Come on now. I just, uh, you know, just suggesting that some people, you know, I don't. I don't have time to listen to hundreds more episodes of Free Talk Live. But there's somebody out there who really is interested in the old. I'm shows. I'm going to go back and listen to the old shows because sim- uh, simply because I have such a hard time imagining you as an angry young man. Mm. So I want to go check it out. I You've seen the picture of me with long hair. Didn't sexy. I look angry? I looked angry though, didn't I? Yeah, but it was kind of that long hair yeah. Volkswagen bug swagger. Yeah. I didn't have a Volkswagen <laughs> bug. Like, you looked like a particularly tall twelve-year-old girl. That looked like it looked like that was you were standing next to a bug. But anyway, no, okay. I was sitting in my old Toyota truck in that. Uh, oh in well, photo. okay. I guess I was just noticing the yeah. studliness of the long hair and the <laughs> angry face. I didn't have long hair when we started Free Talk Live. I had already cut my hair before Free Talk Live. Is that so? It was the same year. I cut my hair earlier in the year and then toward the end of 2002. We hair started. talk. It's, it's just about as compelling <laughs> as <laughs> 855-450-FREE. You want those torrents? They are available at archives.freetalklive.com. Just read. talking about sex. Yeah, we'll come back. You've got some sort of budget thing too, Michelle. Fiscal that, uh, cliff. A fiscal cliff. We'll find out what that is here in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. 
The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here at 855-450-FREE. Hey, bring up whatever's on your mind, uh, 855-450-3733. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. And plus, you can also join us online if you've uh, got a smartphone. You can go to m.freetalklive.com. M is in mobile.freetalklive.com. Get quick access to our live streams there. Uh, once again, m.freetalklive.com. Somebody asked today on, I think it was Facebook, Hey, what happened to the iPad uh, program for the Liberty Radio Network, which featured Free Talk Live? Unfortunately, the uh, the guy who was programming that decided to shelve that project and focus on other things, so he has pulled it offline. Hey, it was free. We didn't hire him to do it. He just did it on his own Is volition. there any chance of him making it open source? He said there was a chance of that. Okay. Yep. Whether that'll happen or not remains to be seen. For now, it's offline. You cannot access it through the iPad store. I don't know if that means that, you know, if somebody who currently has it could send it to you. I don't know how the iPad works with installing programs. I imagine that's a possibility. Uh, but, you know, if, you, if you're looking for a way to listen on your Android or your iPad, TuneIn has a great app, and we're in there. Uh, Free Talk Live is there with our live stream. The uh, Liberty Radio Network, LRN.FM, is also in there. Uh, tune in. The TuneIn app is great, and there's all kinds of uh, of content, and it's free, and it's available for every single phone operating system out there, whether it's Palm, Windows, Android, I, you know, iPhone or Apple, rather. Uh, so once again, that's how it, that's how I would recommend that you listen if you're going to listen live is through the TuneIn app. It's not going away anytime soon, and it's free. Uh, if you're concerned about uh, weather happenings like Hurricane Sandy that uh, you know put what was a couple of million people out of uh, power for a period of time or you know any other ca- catastrophe and you you, you know you want to prepare for these kind of things because I'll tell you what the preppers they were looking pretty good during this situation with the Hurricane Sandy a lot better than most folks um, strategicsurvival.com is the book for you this is and I love I'm calling it an omnibus because this thing is it's just full of all the information you need it gives you the knowledge um, and other material and its references that can um, how you can take simple actions in order to turn fear and worry into confidence and peace and it gives you what I love is it's how it's simple step by step and gives and, and sites specific products that you need and ways that you can go about practicing um, for for situations it gives you all kinds of situations too and different steps you need to take in different situations not some kind of weird television show thing strategicsurvival.com get the uh, get the get the real survival book strategicsurvival.com Michelle what is the fiscal cliff tell me about that well let's see here um <clears throat> Fiscal cliff is the popular shorthand term used to describe the conundrum that the U.S. government will face at the end of 2012 when the terms of the Budget Control Act of 2011 are scheduled to go into effect. 
So as you can imagine, it's uh, the idea of a cliff is that you're going to fall over the edge into oblivion. Mm-hmm. It has that sound, yep. <laughs> exactly. And uh, Ron Paul, interestingly enough, was interviewed on uh, with Bloomberg uh, today. And, you know, we haven't seen much of him lately, actually, in the um, market news, maybe in other political uh you know opinions and things but he hasn't been on bloomberg and and um he uh he said no we've already gone over the cliff it's just a matter of how we're going to land and there is this disconnect still even still today even after he you know let everyone know 4 years ago that the tarp and um all of the um stimulus stimulus packages yes what they were going to do to the economy and the um and the uh, right. housing he's, bubble, et cetera. He's predicted so many things and been right so many times. But You'd think he'd be given the benefit of the doubt, especially <laughs> when he comes through and gives a, a rational, economic, economically sound explanation for what it is he, he said. And the woman interviewing him is, still has her head in the clouds. Now, for those of us who, who trade, there's something called the slope of hope and the, or, and the wall of fear. You climb the slope of hope and you fall down the wall of fear. Now, I guarantee you that when people are no longer hopeful at all, like this woman today, she, there was this disconnect. She was still hopeful that, oh, yes, there, th- th- we can get this resolved. Um, when, when the average person goes then into that fear mode, you're going to see the markets collapse collapse finally in a big, bad way. Now, they're suggesting in this article on um, that there are three things that can still be done in order to save us. They can let the current policy scheduled for the beginning of 2013, which features a number of tax increases and spending cuts that are expected to weigh heavily on growth and possibly drive the economy back into recession to go into effect. The plus side, the deficit is a percentage of GDP. Did they say that taxes? Okay, so they're gonna they're going to tax more and cut spending. Yeah. Was a suggestion? Yes, but but they're mm-hmm. they're not in agreement on any spending cuts. They're only in agreement on raising taxes. Raising taxes, mm-hmm. exactly. And if they don't come to an agreement, is it going to be one of those budgetary things where they have to shut down the government again? No, it's just going to really affect poorly a lot of people's uh, – this isn't going to affect the government. This isn't a fiscal cliff for the government. This is a fiscal cliff for the American people. Because they'll, they'll inevitably have to – the government will turn to the Fed because we've already established a pattern here and they'll print more money and borrow more right. money and then turn around and hand that over – that burden over to the taxpayer. I see. So, so that – and that is exactly Ron Paul's point. It's like, no, no, we're already over. This is already – it's, we're it's falling like, down the, we're falling. the uh, cliff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they say that they can cancel some or all of the scheduled tax increases and spending cuts, mm-hmm. which would add to the deficit and increase the odds that the United right. States could face a crisis similar to that, which is incur- occurring in Europe. Well, but the funny thing is, is, is people, everyone, not just... Uh, uh, conservatives, but progressives are looking at Greece saying, well, you have to stop spending. You can't possibly be spending the way you are and expect to be able to have a balanced budget, blah, blah, blah. But they won't apply it to their own pocketbooks and to, you know, the government at large or whatever. And um, and so basically, yes, the they're, this fiscal cliff that people are talking about, everyone from Bob Corker to the Secretary of the Treasury and whatever, 
it, it is it's already going to happen. So I hope y'all have some stored food. <laughs> so would this be you know if, if their only way out of this fiscal cliff is you know the printing of money, which again we'll only get out of it for the government, but we'll screw everybody Increasing else. Increasing taxes yeah. as well, and that right. Uh, then that means uh, you know the more the money they print out, the more likely things like gold, silver, bitcoins uh, will possibly be somewhere you'd rather have your money, right? Yes. Like having. Some sort of investment uh, besides Federal Reserve notes might be a good idea. That's what I want. And this comes, like the Asian markets right now are down a couple hundred percentage points or a couple hundred points there. And the U.S. in the last two days, uh, the S&P's dropped somewhere around 40 points or something, which is, it's a lot. So it's now down in the 1300s, which we haven't seen that for a while. But um, in any case, so yes, everyone get out there, get your strategic survival stuff going, <laughs> get your Bitcoins in order, get your money out of your bank accounts, get some food stored and take care of yourself. The Look people, to yourself, get your garden going. <laughs> the people that are in the know about these kind of things, like you, Michelle, um, and you know people like Peter Schiff, Ron Paul, the big names, uh, Doug Casey, uh, you know, in this in in this field that sort of, you know, the prediction of what's going to happen when the world's reserve currency has a, uh, you know, a fiscal crisis. And the reason they're using this term fiscal crisis, because nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. Is it going to be hyperinflation like it was in Weimar, Germany? Is it just, you know, what's going to happen? It's it's difficult to know. I mean, it would seem like inflation, uh, some kind of hyperinflationary spiral would be. People were arguing between a deflationary depression and an inflationary depression, you know, a couple of years ago. I just can't imagine that deflationary means that there's going to be less money available and the U.S. dollar is going to be worth mm-hmm. more. That right. just seems really <laughs> unlikely to me with the way they're dealing with it right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine that we're, we enter into a fiscal crisis and people right. say, yeah, these green things not backed by anything sure are valuable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can, what I foresee, yeah. it just seems, what seems reasonable to me is that they attempt to uh, stabilize the situation and then once, you know, after they get into an inflationary spiral, they attempt to stabilize the situation and then reissue a new currency. I don't know what that would be. Maybe it's the Amero that the, you know, the Birchers have been talking about forever, or maybe it's some new world currency. This is, you know, what, what are the DRIs or whatever from the, uh, what the World Bank, these... Uh, I'm suggesting it's going to go to a world currency. Hmm. That would be really bad. Mm-hmm. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control even in the remaining moments. Coming up, some good news. Get a little bit of good news from the election. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE. Even in the remaining moments, there is enough time for you and your thoughts. If you make the call now, with you in studio, it's Ian. Michelle. 
And Mark. 1-855-450-3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com. I did, by the way, update our Facebook and Twitter again with the links to the pre-syndication re-releases, where we've re-released Season 1 and 2 back from before we were a nationwide show and just a local show in Florida. Those episodes are now available. And if you go to our Twitter or Facebook page, that is the freshest post that you will see there to help you easily find it. And it's thanks to great sponsors like this. HowToWinInCourt.com. Formerly known as Jurisdictionary, correct? Right. It's it's basically Jurisdictionary 2.0. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have uh, it's a better name. I, I think that it's going to be a little easier for people to, yeah. uh, to, to to spell. I mean, certainly they still have the the tried and true Jurisdictionary name, but there's been some improvements to the course. If you've cool. ever wanted to take a complaint to trial and didn't want to or couldn't spend the money on an attorney, um, HowToWinInCourt.com is your solution. It's the course for people who don't have an attorney. It teaches you to win in. Um, it teaches you the court's rules. And until you know those rules, you're just fighting in the dark because they use those rules against you. There's no way to win if you don't know their rules. It works for plaintiffs and defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. And this new and improved jurisdictionary course, um, how to win in court.com is written so that the average eighth grader could learn it over the weekend. This brand new, as a matter of fact, they've uh, in their restructuring, it's even easier and faster to understand. Their brand new website has all kinds of free tools. Go there, use the free tools, and buy the course. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney. It's howtowinincourt.com. All right, so uh, let's continue here. A little bit of good news for you from the election. We already talked about the marijuana news out of Colorado and Washington, which is huge. It's been a It's huge, although, well, yes and no, because the governor of of Colorado has said, well, the feds are still going to come get you. And the DEA has uh, essentially, you know, sent out a press release saying that, you know, they they intend to continue enforcing federal law. But the feds aren't going to come and arrest somebody for walking down the street with a joint. Nope. That's not going to happen. Right. Derek J is, um, we were talking late last night, and he's doing this podcast, and he's going with, to- With Adam Kokesh? Yeah, with Adam Kokesh, and they're going to do a bong rip to memorial, to, in, in, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, uh, to ha- hail you know, some aspect of the Colorado um, uh, decision, and uh, so- Sounds like a good way to celebrate to me. Right, but what, instead, he's, he's going to go to the irony of the uh, fact that- the ATF doesn't go in and bust people who are drunk, but or, or bartenders or, mm-hmm. or or restaurants that sell alcohol. Even though more people die of the number of people that die of alcohol-related injuries or accidents or overdose or liver, you know, damage or what have you. So he decided that he's going to do this bong bong rip to memorialize all those who died. Yeah, like that. <laughs> Yeah, so he's uh, all the people that have died uh, as a result of alcohol-related um, disease or illness in the last year to to demonstrate the total hypocrisy yeah. of this governor who will shield, you know, alcohol, you know, businesses, but um, but he won't do that same thing for marijuana. Well, wasn't didn't somebody call in to say that it was that governor who owned like a brewery or something like yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What more do you need to know? Right. So, but, you know, too bad for him because uh, the people of Colorado voted solidly for this measure. I hear it's going to take a year before they can, the dispensaries are going to be able to sell to the average individual. So, like, screw the law. Um, You can't actually sell this stuff. Well, I mean, 
politics moves slowly and the yeah. system does not change uh, on a turn on a dime, that's for sure. But it's still big news, but it's not is the somebody, only good news. Has somebody been arrested today for possession of marijuana in, in Denver is what I want to know. Mm, good question. They, yeah, they'll probably arrest people right up until where they can't anymore, I'd imagine, because there's money involved. I mean, the system gets money from that. Uh, but let's go, I mean, and if you are in Colorado and you want to clue us in, feel free at 855-450-FREE. But there's other good news. According to the Wall Street Journal, Americans for the first time approved gay marriage at the ballot box on Tuesday, pointing to changing attitudes on the divisive issue. In Maine and Maryland, voters approved ballot initiatives to begin allowing same-sex unions. Those wins mark a first for a cause that previously had been rejected by voters in more than 30 states, including as recently as 2009 in Maine. Now, that's confusing to me because I thought that uh, we had gay marriage in other states brought about by ballot initiatives. Not by ballot ballot initiatives. No, it's always been brought brought about by um, court courts, court rulings. And New Hampshire was the first state that the legislature, and I believe still uh, the only state that the legislature correct. has brought about uh, gay gay marriage. I so. don't think this is a win. Okay. No? No, I don't. Because um, the fact that the gover- you're still asking the government for permission to be in a union. Now, I understand. And, and marriage is between a man and a woman. Now, uh, you can have, if, if you're going to do, in every culture of all time, and it was always a religious ceremony. So, fine. Leave people that want to have a religious ceremony and let them call that marriage. Sure, but I don't think it's a loss, Michelle. I mean, they are not asking necessarily permission. asking permission. I, I don't think that any of these people are asking permission to love another person for the rest of their lives. It's just that when you're a gay couple, you don't get the same perks of marriage that married couples do because right. government has granted all these you know, special exemptions and you get to go and see your loved one in the hospital, these sorts of things. There's all manner of... But this Legal is the same thing purview. that I go. This is to me like the the rape having the rapist wear a condom. I mean, yeah, I don't want to have a disease that could be given to me by the rapist, and I guess I could say thank you. But the fact that the government has been involved in marriage since the separate but equal clause, with you know blacks wanting to marry whites, and prior to that, then it, the government wasn't involved. We need to get government out. I of agree marriage, totally. Period. I agree totally. But if you are a gay couple, this is a win. And if you're somebody that supports equal rights for all human beings this is a win i understand that you know you're saying get the government out of marriage unfortunately that wasn't the proposal on the table and in the meantime doesn't it make sense to treat people equally i do treat people equally i mean the government right doesn't it make sense for them to treat people equally and isn't that a you know a, a decent move to make I would like to say yes if it were in a vacuum. However, I think that what is going to happen is it's just simply going to take the the burning frog and and lower the temperature of the water a little bit. So, so it's would not you have voted against it? It's going to raise it's going to raise the temperature of the water a little bit too because there are certain people out there that say have employees that are gay or do, they don't even know are gay or something like mm-hmm. that, and those employees are going to want say want to marry somebody and get the same benefits. And you know these people's religion is going to be in contradiction. To this and they're going to be forced right, to, like Chick-fil-A to treat them that, yeah. Yeah, treat them in you know fairly by the court's definition in my opinion you should be able to run your business in whatever discriminatory bigoted way you, you want be, to do it but these are all ancillary issues i mean i'm sorry that there are uh, these mandates on people's businesses and i'm sorry the government's involved in marriage but that's the way it is. And nobody right now is proposing to get the government out of marriage. If they were, I would support that. I don't but think you in can. The, in the interim, in the interim, I think that it's absolutely the right thing to do to allow gay couples to have the same access to whatever privileges being married allows people to have. 
Right. And so things like the... Would um, you have voted for it, Michelle? If you were to go and vote, if I, would you have voted thing, for it? If I were to go and vote, that's a big... <laughs> well, if you... Okay, so there there is a line of uh, ascension to the uh, presidency, and if somehow or another um, you not holding office somehow ended up into the office of president <laughs> or maybe uh, God Queen, um, and you had the ability to make or break this, uh, you know, and only this, would you do that? I would say uh, whatever you do is your own business. You don't get any special treatment. You also, you get you get to be... Uh, protected if if we're going to have a legal system from from abuse and having your property taken and you know what or you know uh called negative rights so to speak free from harm or, or whatever but um you're being you're being obstinate not answering the uh, the question about whether or not you would vote for this provision if you were a voter in these uh these two states Maine and Maryland where this these provisions passed allowing gay marriage you probably know some some gay couples and they you know, many of them want to be married. They want to have the same access to the same services and privileges that that straight couples have. What, I was what out. Would you Ca- do? I was out in California actually during the eighties when the AIDS thing, and there were all these people that were friends of mine whose lovers were dying of AIDS, mm. and they couldn't go into the hospital yeah. to say goodbye to them. They this couldn't help that, right? Exactly. And so, so isn't it me, a good thing like, that this happened? Sure. <laughs> there you go. I agree with you completely, Michelle. That we it's need to get rid of government marriage. And Mark's right. It's probably I not going to happen anytime soon. I think this is like printing money. I think it just prolongs the inevitable that the government is just becoming more and more intrusive. And uh, Let's go to Barry. He's on the line in West Virginia. Barry, you're on Free Talk Live listening to WVTS. Hey, guys. I, um, Colorado just pay, passed a state law legalizing marijuana, right? Yep. Yes. Okay, Arizona passed a state law going after uh, illegal aliens and the federal government coming after them. They did. That's scary. What's that? I said, that's scary. Well, so that leads me to believe that uh, one of you guys, I don't know who said which one, that uh, the federal government... Barry, I wish we had more time for you, man. Call tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at night Eastern. Start this conversation then when we can really talk to you about it. We'll see you tomorrow at Free Talk Live. A science fiction comic adventure from Big Head Press. Quantum Vibe. It's year 2523. There are colonies on Venus, Mars, and Mercury. People travel in bubbles, fly at hyperspeed. With brain implants and artificial gravity. A scientific genius and his clever assistant set out on an adventure through the solar system on a secret mission to find the key to access new frontiers and save liberty. Quantum vibe. There's a robot girl and zany creatures made with genetically engineered. 